This is the Chillinoy Podcast. If I'd had a role model when I was younger, learning how to grow dope, things would have been a lot smoother. Because now if some kid wants to grow dope, they can come and talk to me. And instead of growing dope six or seven times through denial and error, then they're going to get it right the first time and have some good dope. This episode was recorded on Sunday, December 6th. I am Justine from Canna Queens. And I am Cole Preston from the Chillinoy podcast. Before we get too far into the show, I just wanted to reference yesterday's show with Dr. Lee. It's really awesome. Um, but in that show, after we got off the phone with Dr. Lee, we talked about uh, the Moore Act, which was recently passed by the House of Representatives. And um, we had some perspectives to share about it, but I wanted to share a perspective that isn't ours. Uh, it's from Cage Free Cannabis, and they say that they recognize the importance and historical significance of the passage of the Moore Act, but they say they cannot support this legislation as written. And here's a few points that they give as to why. They say that restrictions on the expungement provisions such that they would apply only to quote-unquote nonviolent uh, marijuana offenders. Uh, when we know the justice system's definition of violence tends to be flawed and racially based. So that was their first reason. Um, the second reason, which this is one I was actually, I, so all of these reasons I was trying to look through the full text of the bill to find. Um, this one I actually did find. Um, it's one of the ones I did find. I'm trying to find uh, the citations for these other claims they make, but they say that 60% of the designated opportunity trust fund will be used to support law enforcement grant programs. So I did find that in the bill. There's 50% of some allocated, uh, some some monies that's allocated to law enforcement. And then there's 10%, which, you know, equals 60%. So I was able to prove that, that they said, um, they said the continue, another reason they cannot support the more act is because it can, uh, allows for the continued inclusion of cannabis and federal drug testing programs. Um, this was the biggest one for me. Number four, the act will prevent Americans who have been charged with cannabis related felonies from working in the cannabis industry. It's like, uh, so, we're decriminalizing cannabis, but people with cannabis-related felonies can't work in the cannabis industry. That's crazy. Um, number five, the act no longer funds, quote, services to address any collateral consequences that individuals or communities face as a result of the war on drugs, end quote. Um, and, and lastly, they say, again, you know, we recognize the monumental uh, organizing and advocacy efforts required to achieve the passage of this bill, but they don't support uh, sacrificing the lives and dreams of those who have already been harmed by the war, war on drugs in exchange for decriminalization or legaliz legalization of cannabis. Um, they said, let's keep pushing for more. So, you know, we said yesterday, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. At the end of the day, like, we're going to be totally candid. We're just two stoners that bought microphones and we have an internet connection. Like, there's nothing, we're not really that special. So, uh, we just, we're just reading the news and we're trying to tell you our perspective on it, but we're not saying that that's necessarily right. We're not saying these people are necessarily right either, but I want to share, um, you know, all, all of the perspectives. So, um, that's all I have with regard to that. Um, today we've got a really exciting show. We're joined with comedian Kyle Fields. Kyle Fields is one of the hosts on the Obtuse Angles podcast. You can check them out on Spotify or at obtuseangles.libsyn.com. That's obtuseangles.libsyn.com. You can find Kyle on YouTube, youtube.com slash classykyle. Nice, Kyle. You can also find Kyle on Instagram and Twitter at funnymanfields and on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com slash kylefieldscomedy, if you'd like to support Kyle, 
He has an awesome he has uh, awesome t-shirts on sale on his Instagram. These are dark times, so if you're looking for a smile, Kyle has a few upcoming stand-up comedy dates. December 17th at 3040 Locust Street in St. Louis and on New Year's Eve, Derrick Grove, Illinois. We've also got a show uh, January 16 in Oregon, Illinois. We'll have Kyle talk about that here uh, in the show. Um, but Kyle, welcome back. How have you been? I've been fantastic, man. I mean, for the moment, at least. You know, for an unemployed guy, I've been pretty good. I um, You know the funny thing? So uh, you mentioned the Obtuse Angles podcast, which I'm going to just throw so many plugs in for because <laughs> I'm yeah, so man. high at Hell this yeah. point. Um, we just recorded an episode and, uh, Jeremy, you know, rarely is he funny. I'm always busting his balls, but he he mentioned <laughs> something that was a, a tremendous point. He said, you know, if you would have told me at the beginning of this year, I'm going to get paid for most of it by the government to get high and play video games. I would say this is going to be the best year ever. Um, but <laughs> it doesn't really work out that way <laughs> when you're unemployed. Yeah, it's, it. it sounds great in theory, but then to actually be there is a whole other story. Yeah, cool. yeah. But I've been having a good time, though, man. No, I've been able to um, uh, make a little extra money by shooting some commercials for a, a local used car lot, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Got a great certified West, actually. So I, I keep on I'm, – I'm saying local even though you guys are local, too, because – you know, on our podcast, which um, the Obtuse Angles podcast, obviously, I don't know if you mentioned that before, um, but you know, there, you know, we have people who listen in other countries, so I'm always like saying things, and then people are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But we're actually we're here in Illinois now, which is good. I'm very high. Why don't you talk for a second? <laughs> yeah. So, how long do you think that green certified West thing's gonna gonna go? Because they and I, the reason that was a con- that was a condescending question. They give you a lot of creative freedom, Kyle. They do, man. It's really fantastic. It's uh, I love it, and that's one of the reasons why I do it. Um, I, because pretty much, I, I know them from doing the radio, and the the owner there was like, "Oh man, I you know I would love for you to come here and sell cars." And I was like, "I don't really know if I want it." Because let's be honest, everything in my life is building towards selling pre owned vehicles. I understand that, <laughs> um, and not that there's anything wrong with the vehicles there. Like they're consistently, you know, ranked number one, which is fantastic that I'm not shilling for some awful company that, you know, will give you a right. car with a dead body in it or something. But <laughs> dude, like, you know, I, he was like, well, you know, why don't you do some videos? And I was like, dude, man, I think that the thing about local commercials is they're, they're so uncreative, you know, they're right. so like, it's like they come on and you see that it's local and your brain automatically tunes out. Right. And I'm not even saying that I'm like this good, you know, filmmaker or anything. Half the shit's out of focus because I'm brand new at this. I don't have pro- proper lighting, but I love making like, you know, I, I made a Citizen Kane reference in the last one. Um, just outlandishly stupid and wacky stuff that they let me do, like green screening, a, you know, a, a, the goat mascot in a car running <laughs> me over. Like, I love doing that stuff. So I hope it goes on for a while, man. I really do because... They at, at no point so far have they came to me and been like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, no. The only reason I even asked the question that way is because, I mean, like you said, you've got the formula figured out. Whenever I see these ad, the, those ads, I actually do watch the entire thing. I'm not even bullshitting you because, like, I always know that there's going to be some. Like, I know it's Kyle Fields. 
You know what I mean? Like it seems like <laughs> well, they, they like it's got a touch of Kyle Fields. Every one of those. It doesn't well, seem like they really play a hand in it. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, dude. And and the thing is too is I think that initially they were like, oh, you're going to come in and do like, okay, this car is this much money, right? But it's like every one of those. I feel like if I don't make it at least in some way fun then why the fuck am i even doing it you know like that's why it's like it's because like if you break down how much money i'm getting paid for some of them that i'm editing <laughs> you know it's like, it's like is this minimum wage you know but i but like but i love i love doing it though man like uh, the one where the goddamn uh have you seen it where the eagle picks up the goat <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> I didn't even, when Cole showed me that one, I honestly did not believe that that was an actual commercial. I was like, oh, good for Kyle. He's having fun, you know, just doing his thing. And I was like, oh, this is real. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> I to convince it. her it was real. Thank you, Because I mean, and again, it was me blazed out of my mind at two in the morning, you know, finding that goat that I had made for a previous commercial and then going, well, there's no way if I do this, it'll look like an Eagles picking that goat up. And then I did it and it looked so cheap, but it, you could like, that. It, that's what it looked like. And then when I added the goat scream in, I fucking <laughs> laughed for three days when I did that, man. Oh, that's outlandish. Bad. I love it. Thank so you, though. Thank you, man. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. That's all, you know, it's, it's why my, you know, my family probably doesn't understand. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, have you heard from the radio station yet? Well, uh, no, but I've been making these commercials, you know. For- <laughs> <laughs> Look at these I, wacky commercials. I just got I just got married. Congratulations. Hey, congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I I could just think of my wife, my new wife's family. You know, Kyle, so what does he have a job? Well, he he does a podcast uh, where he talks about serial killers and he makes used car commercials and <laughs> <laughs> uh but I you know, but but whatever, it's fun. I enjoy it. I can imagine like the the kind of reactions that you get if you try to explain these concepts before you actually perform them. Because I know like I was I was trying to talk to Cole the other day about a TikTok video I wanted his help with. And he looked at me like I was insane. And I didn't even have the concept of an eagle swooping down to pick up a goat. Like (laughs) I'm sure you get some interesting looks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the some of them are pretty weird obviously and i'll have this idea and they are so cool because they give me that creative freedom but at the same time they uh you know they they don't obviously this shit doesn't make sense to them why would it why would any of this shit make sense right Right. so um it's funny because i'll i can tell as i'm trying to explain and they're looking at me like i have no okay fine yeah cool go ahead and do it i don't know what you're fucking talking about you know but but the whole eagle thing i didn't even think about you know i I was just thinking okay overblown shit you know tiger growling and then the lion and i'm thinking like there has to be some sort of escalation in the joke right like it's funny every time but by the third time in the rule of threes it was just another animal making a noise okay fine but then if it's a little more ridiculous then so you know and then to me like the humor also comes from the fact that in my mind like this is acceptable to me like in my mind this is a low-key you know fucking commercial for a car lot which makes me fucking laugh because i can because the whole concept for that fucking ad was you know 
they want me to do a more low key, normal commercial. And then I make it as weird as possible. And it wasn't even like they came to me and they were like, can we, there was, there was the one that I made where uh, I wrestled the goat and he power bombed me. <laughs> and I kept having a random guy's face pop up in, in like the, cause it keeps cutting to me. I'm also the, the, the commentator in front of a green, a shitty green screen with fire came up, coming up and flames. And then there's a random guy's face. that's like popping up behind my shoulder the first couple of times. And I wanted you when you watch it to be high and be like, <laughs> what? Like, did I just see that? And then at the end, randomly, as I sign off, his face comes over my face, like the acid trip scene in Mandy. <laughs> and, um, and I, I, I could tell when I made that I, they didn't say anything, but they were like, so, this next one, um, it's going to be more of just, you know, showing the cars. <laughs> and that was that's like the only, but it was a suggestion and it wasn't even bad feedback. And, you know, I, that was like, all right, let's, let's pull it back a little bit. <laughs> but it's that's fun hilarious. though. It's fun. You should go check it out. Kyle Fields commercials is the YouTube channel that uh, you can uh, hopefully subscribe to. I, I upload all the commercials there. Yeah. That's a separate people. one for the commercials. <laughs> they're dope people check it check these commercials out they're they're worth they're commercials worth watching that's what i love about them and if thank you're in the, you man if you're in the market for a car it sounds like green certified west is a good place so i didn't even realize i'm saul goodman you know my <laughs> my wife was like oh you're saul goodman i'm like i'm not selling that i'm thinking i'm because if you've seen better call saul you know he yes he, he literally starts making these ridiculous over-the-top commercials by himself for money when he you've got be. the same personality as Saul goodman too. dude I've, i'm you. sick of hearing that no i'm kidding but <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no. you know what's funny is i hear that and then my uh my wife my wife that how hacky that is i, I can say that now i would that's the only part is like borat 2 comes out the same year that i get married so i I can do the hacky thing, but my, my wife uh, loves uh, Saul Goodman, you know, loves that show. And she thinks that Steve, uh, not what's his name? Uh, uh, Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk. She thinks Bob Odenkirk is sexy and, you know, which is fine. But I go, God damn, like, it, why can't you, you know, think, oh man, I, I think that, you know, Aquaman is sexy. That's why I'm into you, Kyle. No, it's like Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> I'm like the poor man's Bob Odenkirk, which, you know, is, I guess that's fine, but you know, I think it's something to be proud of. I mean, he he's done a lot in his life as far as comedy goes. So, dude, just oh my take god, it. he's he's brilliant. Oh, I mean, he was part of the fucking. I think he wrote the original "Down by the River" sketch when uh, Chris Farley was part of Second City in Chicago, mm -hmm. and that's where that sketch comes from. And he wrote that. Like, think about that. Like the fact that Saul Goodman just did. Oh, he oh, by the way, he wrote this. Like, it's crazy. It's so talented. Yeah. For sure. Fuck, man. It was like when the dean in uh, Community won an Oscar for writing a movie out of nowhere. Like, what? <laughs> like, you're so good at this one thing. You already make me feel bad about that. Now you just so happen to be. The Fuck you, man. Honestly. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, I, uh, I guess, since you're, you know, into movies and shows, something that you may not have known is that that uh, Bob Odenkirk was not at all. I guess involved in in the writing of his character in Breaking Bad, which I found super surprising. What because, really? Yeah, I found that super surprising because he just kills that performance, right? Um, apparently, not to die in the park, man. Yeah, that's all Vince Gilligan. Uh, wow, know. and there is just so many layers to that character that 
few actors could really pull that off, man. And I love how he is every bit as complicated and possibly even more so than Walter White in Breaking Bad, which, I mean, obviously Brian Cranston just delivered this unbelievably layered performance, this complex character that he could convey through facial expressions, man. And again, Bob, you know, Brian Cranston was, uh, you know, as a, this master thespian, Bob Odenkirk didn't start out as an actor. I'm pretty sure it's, it was the comedy writer, you know, performer aspect. And then he evolved into this masterclass thespian, man. Like it's so impressive. Yeah, that show, that whole universe just gives me goose, goosebumps thinking about it. It's been a while since since I've watched it. One thing that that inspired me to maybe get back into it and rewatch it, you know, and I need to catch up on Better Call Saul. I think there's two seasons that have come out since I I've watched it. I really love that show, but one thing that like made me re- it just kind of gave me goosebumps was uh it was like the first scene of Breaking Bad and it was Walter and he was just basically talking about how chemistry is the science of change. And then at the end, it sh- you know, it showed him at the end of season five and the way that he looked. And it's just fucking crazy to me what like yeah. how he went from looking like this thimble chemistry teacher to a fucking gangster, you know, to this back again, kind of frail, sick old man. And- yeah. And I saw a chart online. They uh, someone took the color palette of all the seasons and they showed how even subtly his character's colors would change through the history of the show until by the end, you know, at the beginning, he has like these neutral colors. By the end, he's wearing nothing but black and dark stuff. Have you which- looked into the colors in Breaking Bad? Like there's there's a lot with colors in that show. One of my bosses actually told me about it. Like, for example, if you look in Hank's house, I can't think of Hank and Marie's house. Everything is purple. Really? Wow. Yeah, the dude, dude, like Google right now, Google uh, Hank and Marie's house purple. And if you'll find a few shots, but I'm telling you, every fucking thing in their house is purple. Like the rug, the coffee cups, the fucking clock, everything. And what then was other, the, what does it signify? I, you know, I'm not sure. I, the, the only color that I know that really signifies anything in that show is pink. If you'll remember, uh, I don't want to spoil the show for anybody, so I'm going to give vague details, but. There was a scene with a floating teddy bear, and everything was black and white except the teddy bear, which was pink. Um, there was, I guess, something else later in the show, or maybe like his daughter, his newborn daughter, was wearing pink. And uh, one of the last few episodes, he is sitting at the dan- dinner table wearing a pink uh, sweater, and pink signifies that something horrible is about to happen. Um, or that's at least that. what people have deduced. I'm not saying that, you know, that's sure, sure. Yeah, man. But, Gosh. but yeah, look into the color themes on that show. Um, I, season I, one is really green. I don't know why <laughs> there's just a lot of green in that season. Um, so. so there's a, I'm, I'm on uh, movies.stackexchange.com. And then here's one of the answers to the question we were talking about. You're indeed right that Marie appears to have an obsession with purple, which is very clear in the earlier seasons. She's always wearing something purple. And as have you shown in your screen cap, her home is very much covered in purple furnishings. The origins of this obsession are covered in an interview with Betsy Brandt, the actress who plays Marie by AV Club. She says, quote, in the beginning, my character, I 
didn't have a lot of text, so I didn't have a lot to go on. So I went with what I had. We were all assigned a color. Mine was purple. And I said, well, if her color is purple, then I think she just loves purple. She's really, really into purple. She's that kind of person. She doesn't do anything half-assed. And Vince said, great. And now everybody's color has changed except for mine. I'm like, how come everybody's color is changing and mine's not? And costume designer Kathleen DeToro said, quote, Vince likes you in purple. So I've kept the purple, uh, but when they've added in yellow in this season, I've had maybe one or two things that were black. Well, there you go. That's th that crazy intense attention to detail is one of the million reasons why that show was so good. So good. Absolutely. Justine, did you say you had Googled a story you wanted to share on air? It was like, am I wrong in thinking that? Um, sure. Um, I can't remember what it was. I, I only asked because I just pulled up an article uh, while you, maybe I'll just say this while you pull it up. Um, NBA players will no longer be tested for marijuana next year as the league weighs permanent change. Good. Uh, yeah. Isn't that awesome? It's Good. Again, if you are high as shit, when you play, I did, I don't, that's, that's on you. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't understand how that would really make you how marijuana. I know this is an old hacky bit that Robin Williams did, but it's not a performance enhancing drug. Right. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I understand like Joe Rogan says that he wants to be high when he gets in fights and shit, but that's like, <laughs> yeah. that's like connected to the matrix. Like if you're that far into the matrix that you want to be high when you have a, a fight with somebody, like you're on another level of marijuana use than even I could even hope to be, which is fine. I like that, you know? But um, I, like again, I'm so high, I forgot where I was going. No, I I, I remember now. No, the damn basketball <laughs> thing. Why I why why was this ever an issue? I don't understand it. I I really don't. Exactly. And Do think about this, dude. They're in a bubble right now. Like, and they it was suspended at the beginning of the season. So, like, how depressing would it be to be in a fucking bubble and not be able to get high? I dude, how depressing would it be to be anywhere and not be able to get high? That's, <laughs> hey, I, I went to Iceland yeah. last year. And Iceland, they are very anti-marijuana, you know, because I wasn't going to, I'm not going to cross international waters and, you know, shove a kilo of brick of weed up my ass or something. But I was like, well, maybe I'll sneak something in. And I looked it up and Iceland is as cool and progressive as they are. And they have this great universal healthcare system that is just so wonderfully lauded. They're very strict about alcohol and especially weed, which is what really blew my mind. It really did. I don't know. Cause I always associate being pretty woke with also being pretty progressive on marijuana laws, but it's not always the case like that. They just want you to really be uninhibited in, um, enjoying the beautiful scenery. That's the thing, man. I dude, it was the most beautiful place I've ever been. It's probably the most beautiful place in the world. It would have been so much better if I was high. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is um I tell Cole all the time, one of my like bucket list goals is to see the northern lights. And I can't imagine it like seeing those without being high. I don't I just don't think it'd be the same. I know. And, you know, it was weird that it was unfortunately one of the times in September that we just didn't see that they, there were none when the whole week that we were there. Dang. But, uh, I, yeah, but on the other hand, it's like, well, maybe I can, you know, sneak something in next time and watch it fucked up, right? There you go. <laughs> you Get know? some edibles or something. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be great. Edibles and mushrooms. It's, uh, man. Man, that would, be too, that would be too good of a time. Yeah. Speaking of edibles, Kyle, what's your favorite way to consume cannabis? 
Man, I love it all, dude. I, I really do. And I love combining some edibles with, um, you know, smoking a bowl or, or, cause I, I think, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but I thought I was a big boy. I bought a steamroller a couple years ago. I tell you, we, we talk about this. Oh, I don't we, think we so. Can, we talk about this, Jay, have you read about this? And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was when my, you know, it was me and my fiance at the time and I had moved from Kentucky here and I got to be here in an apartment all by myself for about a year, which of course means I, you know, I, I smoked like crazy. I ate like shit. And I was a, you know, I was a 19 year old college kid again and I bought a damn steamroller and, you know, the steamroller is like, you know, it's a gigantic pipe that you light and then it just a blast of marijuana goes into your face. And I was, I thought I was hot shit. I was like, well, I, you know, I got this right. And then I, I took a hit and I vomited. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so oh, now I got goodness. this $70 steamroller that I used once and I've, I've, I've been too afraid to use it again. So steamroller, probably not my favorite way, but I don't know. I, I like smoking out of a bowl. I love smoking out of a bottle. I love gravity bongs those really go to your dome um you know i do love combining like i said but not always because then you can become a little bit so disconnected that you're traveling into another universe which is fine but you know just maybe not at two o'clock in the afternoon right when i'm when right. i'm allegedly trying to work what's that <laughs> no i was saying right exactly i know uh, exactly. i thought you said why why that's <laughs> goddamn that's like Take your in, game uh, up kyle come on do you ever watch Trailer Park Boys? Have you seen that show? Oh, oh absolutely! One of the greatest shows of all time. You know, huge stoner Ricky on that. To talk, it's when he he gets his lackeys, Corey and Trevor, and he's like, "All right, you have to go do all these, you know, shitty plumbing things or whatever." And they're like, "Well, we can't do it." And he goes, "Yes, you can. Take this hash. Plumbers all over the world are high all day long." And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, that's." That's probably true. Like if you have a job, you know, and again, plumbers make a ton of money, but if you have a job where you're doing, dealing with shit and stuff like that, I want to be baked out of my mind. I'm, you know, okay, it's high. What it's we, it's poop, whatever. Fuck it. You know, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I just, <laughs> I was trying to find my, uh, uh, favorite quote from Ricky. It's, uh, it's something like we, we use it in one of the Chilinoy, uh, introductions. We do those from time to time. Um, I put a lot of work into those and they're like 15 seconds long. And I put in like 30 <laughs> minutes of work and they turn out to be 15 seconds long. Anyway, you know, the, you know, I said that cause I knew you'd be able to, to relate. Um, but he said something about like, I wish I had a grow model when I was growing up uh, or when I was growing up trying to grow dope, you know, now, now if some kid's growing up and is trying to grow dope instead of trying, you know, five or four times through denial and error, um, they can just ask me and grow some good dope. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. I love that show. I think my favorite Ricky quote or one of them is, you know, nobody wants to admit that they ate six cans of beef jerky, you know, or, or no, it's, it's beef ravioli. That's what it was. Yeah. No one, no one wants to admit that they ate six cans of ravioli, which again, I've been, I love the one where he gets so blazed. Like it's one of the episodes where like everything is fine for a moment before Leahy's trying to, you know, kill him or something. And he's so high that he's sitting there just drinking a whole bottle of ranch dressing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that That's sounds so awful. <laughs> so, Kyle, I, did you? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, I was just saying you're disgusted by that. That you're not a fan of that. You're not a fan of the drinking, the condiments. No, you, you've never been, <laughs> never been so high. You haven't drank a whole thing of uh, sweet and sour sauce. Can't I have. say you know, that I have. No. I was gonna say if I was maybe if I was Midwestern enough, I would have taken like a shot of ranch or something. But I guess I can't call myself a true Midwesterner. You know. So. Well. 
I don't, it's not even drinking the ranch. You got to put your, you got to like have like one little leaflet of broccoli and then have a big dope ass, big thing of ranch. And then you take your finger and you got to call it a finger and you got to just lick it for about seven minutes as you stand over the fucking sink high as balls at three o'clock in the morning. So you get this Olympic swimming pool and you fill it up with ranch, right? And then you take your finger and now I'm just. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, back to just the NBA really quick. I mean, I'm okay. Progress is progress, but I feel like if any sport is going to get this, it should be the NFL or like if, if boxing isn't around there, I'm pretty sure UFC has dropped it. Um, and I, well, I take that back because I guess history was made in a way. Um, Mike Tyson <clears throat> vocally admitted that he smoked weed before his quote unquote fight. I'm not calling it a real fight. If there wasn't a fucking winner, what do you I think didn't... about that? Kyle? I didn't see it, man. I was super jacked about watching it. And then I saw in the week leading up to it that it was going to be like a no knockout fight. And when I, I was like, well, then what the, what the hell is the point of watching it? So you're telling me that you get this bruiser, Mike Tyson. And at this point, obviously he's not going to have the cardio of a professional fighter. I mean, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Tyson, but he's almost 50. So the one thing that I wanted to see about this fight was a 50 year old Mike Tyson laying somebody the fuck out. Right. And, and now you're, t- you're now you're taking that away from me. I, nah, fuck that, man. I, I, and, and, and apparently, were, were either of them even trying in the fight, or were they? Did they just smoke some weed together, and then somebody put, you know, John Carpenter's the thing on pause, and they had to go out and pretend to swing for a couple minutes? I think that they uh, they like. I think they went like forty five percent. You That's know, awful. not even. Maybe maybe sixty. I don't know. There, I heard there was some good. But I have I didn't see the fight. Full disclosure, but I heard there was some good shots, but nothing that made you like go, oh, oh, they're actually you know trying to hurt each other. That's like, they were just sparring. It, it That's seemed, bullshit. Guess, so, um, but have you heard? That. Have you heard? This just reminded me. I think Joe Rogan was talking about it. Have you heard of the idea of bringing like kind of doing this for maybe other sports or other people like bringing back an old dude like let like let's say we bring back like michael jordan fucking i don't know about scotty pippen he doesn't look like he can get on the court anymore (laughs) but uh (laughs) you know like you get some old dudes and you fucking put them together because everybody talks about like lebron versus michael but obviously that's just unfair but it would be interesting to see some of these old dudes come back and play sports with each other I would love for that, man. I mean, because I'm I'm trying to think like, you know, uh, Larry Bird, his back is too messed up. Magic Johnson. I feel like Magic has kind of done some stuff like that. But yeah, I I would love to see that. I'd love to see like, yeah, some legends go at it. That'd be awesome. And that would be such a draw too, man. I mean, because MMA has basically done that. You know, you have uh, Bellator that popped up a few years ago. And whereas UFC is like, you know, the cream of the crop. Bellator is more of a it's a it's a spectacle, you know, so we can have Tito Ortiz, who is, I don't know, 46 years old at this point and hasn't won a pro fight in years, you know, take Chuck Liddell, who can barely spell his own name on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> I you know, and obviously at that point you're getting into the ethics of it, but I love watching it. I'm like, right, I want to see. I want to see what's going to happen. That would be yeah. cool. I would I would love. Yeah, absolutely. It would be like, honestly, it'd be like in the movie Rocky Balboa where Rocky comes out of retirement in his 50s to have this exhibition fight with the uh, champion at the time. I mean, you know, it's probably as realistic as it gets, right? 
<laughs> right. I wanted to plug your YouTube channel again, and then I've got a request for you. YouTube.com slash Classy Kyle. Kyle, you know, for your next cannabis review, would you mind uh, reviewing, I think it would be interesting, like uh, dabs or suppositories. I was just working a way to get suppositories in there. Did you know that there were cannabis suppositories? I 100% did not know that. Please enlighten me on this. Please yeah, enlighten they, me. They are on the Illinois market. Actually, Justine, you tell them about, uh, you tell us about them because you're more informed on this. You used to be a bud tender. Yeah. Um, because you're taking them all the time. That's what I thought. You were gonna say. <laughs> I mean, they do um, make suppositories that are specifically for women to help with, um, you know, menstrual cramps and that kind of thing. Oh, so they work okay. that way. Okay. Um, but mostly they are designed to be, you know, rectal suppositories, as you would guess for... You keister it. Yeah, for but it's for people who, um, you know, might have like ALS where they can't use their mouth. So they can't smoke, they can't chew, they can't swallow, whatever. So you give them a suppository instead. Dude, that's always the want want part of that. I always hate yeah. to, like yeah. I, people laugh about suppositories, and then it's like, yeah, yeah, they're they're meant for really sick and dying people. So it's right. not fun. I, well, absolutely. <laughs> I wonder though if that would be a good video. I'm serious. Like if I if you know I review it by taking it, you know, like I mean, obviously I'm not going to show me shoving it up my ass, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like I. You, like a shot of me after I've taken it and like in my, me being uncomfortable, you know, I don't know, like in, uh, absolutely in, man. I, I would, uh, <laughs> most people don't know about those things, man. That's a golden ticket idea right there. Um, I think like I, I just, I, I get on it and ride a bicycle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, now, now it's just become a jackass dude. I would love to do that. I think I'm going to, I didn't even realize, is it, can you get that recreationally or does it got to yes. be medicinal? You can recreationally get. I, okay. Wow. I've not seen them on the market in a while. I will say that. Yeah. They uh, are very and, few and far between and typically it's they're a so make popular. your own. I don't, <laughs> is it, is it a different high, right? Because, you know, edibles are a different high than smoking it. Apparently. Yes. Apparently, yes. I always thought it was a joke when people said that you can boof things, but that is apparently not a joke. Like that is definitely another point of another in, uh, ingestion, meth ingestion method, if you will. And uh, apparently it's pretty serious. That's essentially um, like a transdermal absorption kind of thing going on. Yeah. I want, it, it was like, you know, Stevie Nicks in the seventies did so much cocaine that she was paying her roadie to blow it up her ass. <laughs> so that's huh. a true story. That's a true story, which <laughs> today I learned today. I, today learned. You learned. I, the, the, I honestly, the roadie might've been paying for that. I don't know, but, but, but that really happened. She loved, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that if you can do cocaine, by having someone blow it up your ass, I guess. Yeah. We would be the same thing. I just wonder, I mean, I don't do you I, now I'm now I'm wondering because look, full disclosure, you know, I have hemorrhoids sometimes. I wonder if that would be a way of combating that, you know, Could I don't be. know. Yeah. At least the pain, maybe, you know, we can talk, we can talk more about my hemorrhoids if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into that. Kyle. <laughs> now, uh, isn't it just to kind of switch subjects? Like you said at the beginning at the top of the show, um, you, you, if somebody would have told you that you were going to be paid by the government to smoke weed and record podcasts about Roadhouse, you would have told you would have asked them for their plug. You would have said, "Hey, man, where are you getting weed from? Because I want some of that shit. It's obviously exactly. really good because you're fucking crazy." But exactly. Would you 
would you have said the same thing if I would have told you last year that cannabis was not only okay? So I guess ne- last year you would have been able to say, yeah, of course, cannabis is going to become legal because by this time last year we knew it was going to become. But not only that it was be- going to become legal, but that it was going to be determined by you know just common agreement in society that it's an essential business. It's essential. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that freaked me out, man. And I think that that goes to show you how many people were ready for it. You know, how many people were just smoking it, you know, I mean, honestly, and realized that this is, I mean, this isn't what we were told. Weed is not what we were told. It's not this evil thing that will wreck and ruin your life and put you into a trance and you'll see dragons and stuff. No, this is, I think it's enough people in society going, we've smoked it. We know what it is. Yes, let's do it. Which I love. I love, I mean, look, you know, it just passed the house. It's not going to pass the Republican controlled Senate. We know that. Right. But I mean, that's the will of the people because the majority of Americans now want it to be legal, but it just federally isn't yet. But I don't know. I just think, I I think it's so cool. If you would have told me when I was 13, that that would be the public perception of marijuana, that my mind would be blown, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 20 years. It's, it's really changed. Bill Maher talked about how when he did his show, his talk show on ABC in the nice, like the late nineties, not only could he, he had to be very careful about the way he talked about weed at that point on broadcast TV, he couldn't even really insinuate that it was a good thing. Right. Like he, he couldn't even make the jokes like, Oh man, yeah, you have fun. No, like that, it was that strong just 25 years ago. So that's, that's a big deal. Kyle, I'll have to show you because, you know, you bring up that he had to be careful about smoking weed. Fast forward to a couple of years ago, and uh, I don't think he was the pers- first person that did it on his show. I think Zach Galifianakis was. Yeah. But he ended yeah. up smoking on his own show. I've actually got a hand-drawn portrait of that uh, photo I'll have to send you. I'll post it on our Instagram. It's, uh, I've, got it put in a, I've got it put away because I want to get it framed. It's very important to me. I've got a hand-drawn picture of Elon Musk smoking weed on Joe Rogan's podcast. Which is great, yeah. Yeah, which I believe I've posted on the uh, Instagram, so if you want to check that out. It's funny, on the frame, I've got the moment that Tesla dropped 10% because they say that um, when he did that, just about you saw just about 7 to 10% drop in their stock because they were like, what the fuck? Which is hilarious because they sat there and drank alcohol for uh-huh. like two hours and 30 minutes, and then at the end of the show... He didn't even inhale it. He took a little sip off of it, and uh, the world lost their mind. See, if anything, that should have made all of the investors feel better about it if they were so anti-weed, because that proves that he he doesn't smoke it. Nobody who smokes weed on any regular basis is going to take that little pussy hit that he took. You know what I mean? (laughs) Honestly, that shows me, oh, fuck, dude, he never does drugs. Oh, yeah, no, give, give him even more money. That's that's right. insane. That's insane that people were upset about that. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I think it was a watershed moment though because if you think about it that I mean I don't know. You go back in time, I don't think that's another thing that you would have said like no, nah, you're crazy. Like the leader of uh one of the major auto manufacturers now uh, or the the, the fa- what do you want to call him? The CEO, I don't know. Sure. Um he smokes weed with <laughs> the fear factor guy on the internet. <laughs> Like, I love what? it, man. I, yeah. I, and again, I just think that it's um, it's the fact that, I mean, so- socially society has just changed and hopefully, you know, it's the fact that 
all of that evil that we were told. I really do believe it's the kid that it's the kids who are a part of the sixties sexual revolution, smoking it and realizing what it is. And then finally they got old enough to assert some sort of control, you know, regressing the reins from the public narrative that it was evil because the seventies and eighties were certainly full, especially the eighties were full of that narrative that weed was, you know, just a big part of this evil octopus. You know, it was just one of the arms of the monster along with cocaine and crack and heroin and all this shit, you know, the, the, the whole war on drugs spearheaded by Reagan. But, uh, uh, the fact that that's all different now, man, that's, that's a big deal. Absolutely. Um, I feel weird. I feel hacky. I feel like Jerry Seinfeld being like, isn't it strange? What's the deal? But, uh, you know, isn't it strange? Isn't it strange how we have possession limits for cannabis? Like, yeah, I th- it's legal, I think it's but a, you can only have this amount. <laughs> I think it's especially strange that the edibles are so demonized by that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty, yeah, that I am very passionate about that. Justine, what do you think about the edible limits? I mean, you I know you're kind of a you're kind of a lightweight. Yeah, I'm throwing shade. <laughs> I mean, I step I it dig, up. I dig a strong edible, but um as Cole knows very well, um I tend to nod off and look as though I am on much stronger drugs than what I actually am when I eat them. Um but <laughs> What are you hiding? What what are you hiding? (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think that, uh, I mean, I think there should be a a big range of the available THC within an edible because everybody's bodies are different. You know, it, it might take Cole a thousand milligrams to get some pain relief, but my weak ass, you know, 30 milligrams will do it. I'm good. Justine, why can I buy Everclear at the store, which you arguably can't even take a shot of without going into fucking shock. Yeah. But edibles are limited to a hundred milligrams. And it's, I mean, we, we kind of know the answer. It was when legalization first happened, especially in Colorado, people had a pot cookie and you think, you know, you think, Oh, it's just a cookie. See now though. And then have the best time of your life. Come on. (laughs) Here's here's what where Illinois is going wrong though because our good friends down in Oklahoma, their edible limits are set by the physical weight of that ele- that edible, not by the amount of THC that's present in it. Ooh. So as long as you know your fifty gram brownie. Like as long as it's always weighing that much, it can have anywhere from five milligrams of THC to five thousand milligrams of THC, and it's all the same to the state of Oklahoma. And see, Which, so my my thing is like, there's got to be a middle ground because people like f- people get scared about the idea of somebody quote unquote accidentally getting a five thousand milligram brownie, and it's like, here's my thing: that should be on the store, just like it, like. Like I say, I can go to Everclear right now, and if I didn't know that you shouldn't drink that, like I would just start fucking drinking it because it's at the liquor store, and it's not yeah. like they give you a speech when you're when you're buying it. They're like, "Have a good night," you know, and uh, they probably do the same thing at dispensaries. And my thing is, like, I feel like they should be able to sell whatever they want as long so long as, like, yeah, if it's since we've determined that you know, generally speaking, ten milligrams, five milligrams is your starter dose. If you're giving somebody a fucking thousand milligram brownie. Have a conversation with them about that. 
You know, <laughs> right? I'll, I'll tell you this. This is uh, and this is illegal, but I don't care. I hope I get arrested for it. Uh, <laughs> my my parents were friends with a guy who had ALS. I'm ninety percent sure it was ALS. It was it was it was, it was, it was yeah. And um, he couldn't sleep. Obviously, he had trouble with it. And then he was at the very end of his rope. And this is very recently. It's like the last six months that this has developed. And he had to consume marijuana. He had to consume THC in order to sleep, in order to sleep, right? And this is a guy in his 60s, right? Uh, he's never really smoked it before, but he knows that it's going to help him. So they live in Kentucky. I live in Illinois. I would get as much as I could and then take it down whenever I went down to Kentucky. And then I would give it to the guy and the guy would use it. And apparently, according to his wife and his friends, they were just in tears thanking my parents because it allowed him to at least sleep in the last few months of his life. And he ran out because I couldn't get enough. You know what I'm saying? And just the fact that this plant that is aiding this guy, who again, this isn't your, you know, young black guy, right? Like that, 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 you know, society has always said, oh man, this is the problem. It's no, it's, no, this is a, a retired dentist in his sixties who is saying, I, I need this to survive. You know, I, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable to me that we still are at this point where people can't wake up and say, wow, wouldn't it have been great if he could have legally procured that and more of it in his dying days? Cause he just passed away, he just died you know, a few weeks ago, wouldn't it have been better if he would have had that ability, you know? Yeah. That's so sad. I had, I had a similar experience with my grandfather. Unfortunately he was, it was just kind of a situation where not only was he kind of just mentally, I guess, fundamentally opposed to cannabis because of his, I mean, he grew up during the war on drugs. Um, uh, but also, you know, my, our family it's like if i offer my grandpa weed as as he's dying they just look at it as like cliche but i truly believe that so with the person you were talking about like i'm sure the reason the folks that surrounded him were crying because first of all he started being able to sleep i'm sure that led to other things my my point being that it allows it, it could allow you to start to live like a holistically healthy lifestyle. If you have something impeding your ability to sleep, well, you probably, <laughs> if you're not sleeping well, you're not well rested. You're probably not always making the best decisions. You're probably not a pleasure to be around. Mm -hmm. You may not have an appetite because of whatever sickness you have. And all of those things snowball into, I mean, you meeting your, like you meeting your demise, but also just kind of falling apart. And it's like my thing I've always wished for my grandpa. And I'm, that really makes me happy to hear that you, were able to, to provide that experience for somebody. I wish I would have been at least able to make his final days like um, a little bit more normal, you know, like I feel, and I feel like yeah. cannabis would have allowed that to happen. And isn't I mean? it a shame that, you know, I guarantee the reason that your family looked down on it or maybe he was reluctant to do it is because obviously socially, like you said, it was just that belief 
and you know, this is not normal. Well, what was normal? Him taking, I guarantee you, just like my grandmother before she died, a cocktail of pills. You're taking this to, to go to sleep, but it constipates you. So you got to take two of these to take a shit, but it makes you shaky. So you got to take, the, it's like that. That's, that's just normal. That's normal Absolutely. and accepted. And nobody looks down on it and thinks it's weird. Yet you offering him a goddamn brownie with THC in it that puts him out. Oh, you can't do that. Come on, man. Come the fire. I know that I'm echoing things we've all said a million times, but it's so frustrating, right? So even though we've, we've came so far, it still pisses me off that we're so far behind, right? God, yeah. it makes me. <laughs> One thing that I will say that I think, uh, and Justine, you can go ahead. It sounded like you had something to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just going to say it reminds me of the conversation that we had back on um, one of our earlier episodes with Nick Lemoyne where he was saying that one of his most rewarding moments working in the dispensary was a woman coming up to the counter and opening a fanny pack and dropping out, you know, 20, 30 pill bottles and saying, because of cannabis, I don't have to take any of this anymore. All of this is gone. That's amazing. Yeah. And it, and I saw that myself with working in the dispensary that, you know, I went from working in optometry where I'm recording people's medical history and they're saying, Oh, I take this to fight this. I take this because it does this. Um, and then going to the dispensary and these people are like, I was able to get off five pills in the last three months because of taking this. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to see very encouraging. Yeah. And I think we're getting there with like, I know this is going to sound weird, but like the labeling and also the different um, forms that it comes in for the example, the fact that cannabis can come in capsules now. And I mean, it literally looks like a bottle of Advil, you know? And I mean, yeah. I, I started my grandpa or grandma on some uh, small, uh, you know, two and a half milligram THC capsules for, for just a while while she was having mini strokes and it just completely eliminated the mini strokes, but it also wow. made it a lot more, comfortable for her because it lit you know she turns it it's got a it got an advil looking label you turn it around you can see the readout of what it is i can google for her and show you know so oh this says it has two and a half milligrams of thc per serving well i don't she doesn't have any bearing of what a serving is and it's not that she doesn't trust me but you know i use i use i'm a pothead right so sure. um i can google i can point to a resource and be like no the standard serving size is generally five to 10. And so what you're taking is like a quarter or half of that. You know what I mean? In other words, I can put her at ease. This is just a capsule, totally legal regulated. It's, it's fine. You know what I mean? And I feel Which like it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's good progress. So, um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up limits on edibles. Cause that was going to be our, our next topic. I, I think that it's, I mean, we, we buried that horse, but I think it's bullshit that we have limits on edibles. I think it's bullshit that we have limits on cannabis. And actually, Kyle, you know what we talked about last episode? I just wanted to plug our last episode at the beginning of the episode. Uh, we talked about a statement that was made by Illinois Normals, Kelvin McCabe. He's a attorney on the board of directors. And he actually pointed out that you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to believe this. The uh, penalty for possession actually increased after pot was legalized. So last year, um, before what? adult use happened, uh, so do you remember when cannabis was decriminalized in Illinois? I do. Like Bruce I do. Yeah. Okay. And the cops. So that, and, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, ten, they, uh, 
initially it was going to be like 30 grams or 28 grams. And then maybe this is what you're about to say. The cops were like, nah, that's way too much. So Bruce Rauner, and I think actually Bruce Rauner even said that too. Nah, that's way too much. And so he asked them to send the bill back, make it smaller, and he would approve it. As a Republican, he actually did stick to his word and he approved that cannabis decriminalization bill, which decriminalized uh, limits of 10 grams uh, or lower. And so if you were in the car and you had an eighth in your pocket, you just got a citation. Now, Kyle, if you have an eighth in your pocket, now that adult use is legal and it's just in a baggie and the cop pulls you over and gets you out of the car and finds that, you could be charged with a class A misdemeanor. You could have up to a year in uh, jail and you could have up to $1,000 in court fees. And in fact, I, so I posted about this on our Reddit and somebody has been through this ringer. Uh, they got a class A misdemeanor. Oh they didn't get a thousand. They didn't get a thousand dollar fines. That's the max you could get. They got six hundred dollar fines. Uh, they didn't spend pre- j- jail time. They got a year of court supervision. So they did get off in two ways. But they fucking got a class A misdemeanor, which is one of the most serious misdemeanors. And that is after we legalized it. Apparently, isn't that crazy? That's usually, usually like decrim to legalization, you see. Um, less penalties, or the you know like the erase, like penalties go away. But in this, what was case, the so? What was the justification for this? I mean, was that them slipping it in? Was it a concession? Like, all right, well, we'll we'll get it legal, but if you're caught with it, you're in trouble. I, like, I don't understand. Like, I don't have proof for this, but this is what we believe, and this is what Kelvin was trying to say. The cops like lobbied for uh, these transportation laws. Um, and this is something we talk about on our podcast a lot. The So in order to transport cannabis legally, you've got to be within your possession limit. You've got to be a legal age. You've got, and here's the, the three key benefactors. And the first two aren't that hard. They're pretty universal across the straight states. Uh, sealed. So it's got to be closed. The lid cannot be popped. That does not mean tamper ev- evident. The cops tried to have tamper evident in the language. If you look up early versions of the bill, you'll see tamper evident in there. But if you look at the finalized adult use bill, tamper evident is not in there because cannabis can't be a one-way product. That's just like if you went to, if you came over here, Kyle, and had a six-pack, you only drank one beer, you should be able to bring your five beers home, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're sealed. Um, so uh, they've got to be, uh, like I say, sealed, child-proof. And here's the one, the, the language that I believe, and I don't have proof of this, but I'm just fucking, I'm pretty positive about it. And like I say, so is Kelvin, uh, odor-proof. Odor-proof, uh, it's got to be an odor-proof container, which is impossible to comply with. And in fact, cops can lie and say that they smelled it. And if they, if you have cannabis on you, like there's nothing, you're going to have a hard time proving that that's not the cannabis that they smelled. And so what I guess we're arguing for is that the smell alone shouldn't be cause to, to have any trouble. Because like if it just smells and like you're totally cool, like get out of here, like whatever, you may have just bought pot, it's not that big of a deal, but get out of here. But like if you're, if it smells and you're fucking swerving all over the road and when they pull you over, you got a fucking bong in the console, like yeah, right. get the fuck out of the car, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's not, it's not that complicated. Yeah, well that smell stuff's always bullshit too, man, because I, I, I have just always looked like someone who was always high and most of the time, through at least through high school and college, I wasn't. But I got pulled over multiple times by cops who, quote, smelled marijuana 
and then had to go through my shit. And I, and always, I loved it because I never had anything on me <laughs> at that point in my life. Uh, but I loved like the look on their face, like, ah, yeah, you got me. It's like, hey, come on, man, you weren't smelling shit. So that's, I I hate the smell thing. And, and, and again, it seems like it's still being used as, a, oh, this guy's got dreadlocks or this guy's listening to Pink Floyd or the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I smell it. Right. Exactly. And uh, I just wanted to read a story. You know, this is another story out of Denver. And look, um, it's it's not like funny or anything, but there's I don't think it's an act. I don't think it's an accurate. Hold on. Let me just read the story. So a family lost their son to a suicide and they're calling on uh, Denver or sorry, Colorado to uh, limit THC potency. And so. Um, they're basically saying the article uh, reads with COVID-19 cases on the rise again, more schools are going back to remote learning. Healthcare professionals are concerned about the impact isolation and depression. Uh, the impact isolation and depression may have on teens at risk for substance abuse. Um, apparently uh, their son started using marijuana at the age of 15 and uh, after a party. And apparently at the age of 19, he took his own life after developing what medical professionals call a cannabis use disorder or a marijuana dependency. He experienced high psych- he, bouts of psychosis after heavy marijuana use, and his parents believe the high levels of THC in the products um, are to blame. I just don't, uh, I don't know, like, there's a lot of things that are going on in life, and I don't know how you can just say that, like, he just smoked a lot of weed. That's why he, that's why he did it. I don't know. I just don't think that correlation equals causation all the time. And I don't think that like, why, why just because your 19 year old son who arguably shouldn't have been using cannabis. I mean, drugs are like people conventionally agree like 25. If you want to start using drugs and I know nobody does this, but like 25 is the age to do it because that's when apparently your frontal cortex is developed and, yada 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 so i mean like um i don't know how this 19 year old got cannabis in colorado um but my thing is like i think that there are uh, you know you have to be an informed consumer and if we're gonna like treat everybody like a 19 year old um (laughs) i just think that's crass no i know i completely agree with you two plus i mean how often do you ever see somebody somebody suicide blamed on marijuana from the people who knew them. I mean, all the time you see somebody drink a bottle of Jack Daniels and hang themselves. And that's sad and unfortunate and a tragedy too. And I'm not saying that it isn't, but I mean, look, anecdotally, right. Um, uh, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. I, I, I take actually, actually he was on some antidepressants. So that adds another layer there. How, how often are antidepressants blamed for that stuff? And that's not really a conversation we're having, but um, his close friend, Chester Bennington of Lincoln park drank three quarters of a bottle of Jack Daniels and hung himself. And again, that just exists exacerbated his own depression that friends who knew him say he suffered with for a long time. But I just, I I don't how, and I'm not saying that marijuana has never been the case for someone's suicide. Anything could be a ingredient in that evil cauldron. But I just think out of all of the ingredients, out of all of the things that you could point to and go, aha, that's it. That's, that's, if he only wouldn't have smoked that joint, I just don't think that's almost ever the case. That's crazy. 
That I mean, yeah. that's that's like that, that's like if by that logic, okay, then uh, you also can't sell a bottle of Jack Daniels anymore. It's only got to be half a bottle. That's the exact same logic. By that logic, we shouldn't. Uh, none of us adults should be able to drive vehicles. If a you know, let's say a thirteen-year-old got in a vehicle and crashed and killed themselves purposefully. Let's say purposefully. Uh, right. Okay, so you know now adult we can't vehicles are dangerous. We can't. There's, you know, there's risk that we take on in activities every day. And uh, the risk of underage drug use is pretty well documented. And I don't mean to put this on the parents, but like, you know, if, uh, if, it, if it was of concern to you, you know, get into it. But we'll get off this subject. I wanted to get back to the topic of cops. Fuck the police. Am I right? Uh, just really quick. <laughs> I wanted to uh, give tips to I only know how to do this on iPhone and I Googled how to do it on Android. How to disable biometrics on your phone. I don't know if you guys heard, um, and it may have changed since the last time I read this. I think I read it about a few months ago, but cops apparently have been um, given the right to use your biometrics to get into your phone. So let's say they got you locked up. You're not working with them, and so they got a strong guy. They can put your finger on your thumbprint reader and get into your phone. Wow. They can force that, apparently, or they can have you look at your phone and you know have a facial scan. And so what I want to do is tell you guys how to disable biometrics on your phone. I wish I would have done this at the beginning of the episode. We need to do this at the beginning of every episode to protect people. So if you get pulled over, I say every time you get pulled over, you should disable biometrics on your phone because you never know where it's going to go. Um, in most phones, even though you disable biometrics, you can still record, so no worries about that. Always film the police. That's something that we learned from the Pot Brothers at Law, and don't forget to shut the fuck up. But anyways, um, uh, to, to temporarily disable biometrics, and I say temporarily, it's, it's until you unlock your phone again. So they will not be able to use biometrics. Um, they will not be able to get into your phone unless they, they know the pen. And that's only going to come out of your mouth. You know what I mean? They're not going to be able to force, I mean, unless they fucking waterboard you or something. But let's hope that doesn't happen, right? So <laughs> anyways. Let's What's hope the number? <laughs> what is the number? Um, so to temporarily disable biometrics on your iPhone, just hold the power button and the volume rocker. At least that's on the new phones. The idea, though, I think on the old phones, it's just you hold down the power button and it'll bring, uh, while your phone is locked, it'll bring up the slide to power off. And when, you, when you've seen that, you can just hit cancel and you will not be able to get into your phone again until you put in your pin. You will not be able to get into your phone using biometrics. And so, in other words, if things escalate and you get pulled out of the car and you're not able to, you know, you get your hands behind your back, um, at that point, you wouldn't be able to do this. So it's important to do this at the beginning of any traffic stop, in my opinion. To do it on Android, um, you hold the power button like you're going to shut down the phone, just like on iPhone, amidst the power off, restart, and screenshot, screenshot options, you'll see... A new entry, lockdown. Tapping this will instantly disable the fingerprint reader as well as any smart lock features you may have enabled. So Google how to do it on your phone. I think that's something interesting. Uh, I think it's something that everybody should know how to do. Um, yeah, just wanted to say that. Kind of a little random fact, but fuck the police. No, it's smart maybe. though, man. Seriously, it's one of those things, you know, it's like having a condom or a gun, the old joke, right? I'd rather <laughs> have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So, 
You know? I have never heard th- those two in the same sentence. I-, I have never heard that analogy, I guess, or whatever. That <laughs> well, I, I combined I a couple, but <laughs> I love it. I love it though. I'm going to get a t-shirt made about, made out of it. A condom, a gun, thing, two things I don't want to be without, you know? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, anything could escalate, you know? So I mean, Justine, um, I wanted to tell you, I wanted to you to tell us a little bit about Oklahoma. If you're, if you're, uh, able to, but before we, we do that, I just wanted to say that marijuana home delivery um, was legalized, or is I can't I can't remember if it was legalized or is being legalized. You can guys can Google and check me out on this um, in Massachusetts. So wow. I just think that's fucking cool. Think about it. You pop a pizza in the oven, you fucking call up the fucking pot shop, and you're like, bro, bring me an eighth, um, some dabs, and an edible. I want it, you know, and they'll be like, all right, you know, it's going to be about 30 minutes and uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd just be such a cool experience. So why wouldn't they also deliver the pizza and the movie to you though? That would be that. Now that's, that's a real business right there. Okay. I need roadhouse and a double cheeseburger and, uh, Justine, we're going to edit that out of the podcast, Kyle. That's going to be our new business idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I get it, man. Call it Chillinois. You've already got the name, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's not, that's that that idea is prime for the picking. We just laid it out there, Kyle. So if you know, we'll, yeah. we'll capitalize on it. Unemployment, no more, Kyle Fields. You got you got a job. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, as far as the government's concerned, I have not made a dollar in a year. And I, I like that. We're, we're going to go ahead and continue it. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Actually, um, what's that? I was going to say before we jumped into Oklahoma, Kyle, do you want to remind us about your comedy shows coming up? Uh, the, you had three, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and re- uh, open my phone up now because no as I've actually, I've actually got it pulled up right now, December 17th, 3040 Locust street, St. Louis. That's Is that, how do you like those outdoor gigs? I'm assuming that's an outdoor gig. You know, um, this is the first time that I've worked with this guy. It's actually a, um, uh, kind of a fundraiser for Christmas thing. Uh, I have worked outside a few times and I've worked inside. And obviously you want to, you want to do inside 100% of the time with comedy. It's just because of the acoustics and the atmosphere and everything else. And it's why it's so weird when you watch those old comedy central 90s specials where they all take place in these auditoriums. I mean, it looks good on TV, but it's the absolute worst thing for the sound and the vibe of comedy. It makes no sense. So normally you want inside low ceiling people close together. Well, what can a pandemic not have you do? All of those things, right? So um, it is difficult because even if you do have a good set, you just, you go, oh man, I could have, I went okay because you're just so used to the sound being a certain way. So it is, it is difficult, you know, and especially it's like a different bit rate or like a different. Yeah. You're 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 right. It's like you don't have a strong, like your connection's not as strong. It's like you're like listening to uh, (laughs) a. Yeah, it's like listening to something like on an old but broken up busted vinyl as opposed to your, I don't know, brand new, you know, MP3. What, what, what do kids use these days? Spotify, shit, I'm, I'm 150. <laughs> the, the brand new uh, eight track player. Those, those sons of bitches. <laughs> Show yeah, that's going to be coming up though in St. Louis. I'm excited about that. Um, also, oh god, <laughs> you have sorry, you have them right there in front of you too. I'm so bad at this. Um, uh, January 16th, 
on a Saturday. That's going to be uh, another show for a guy named Zeke who also runs a pro wrestling uh, company out of Northern Illinois. So I have no idea why him and I are not life partners because it seems like we would get along real well. I was going to say, is this the dawning of a new business venture? This might be the dawn of a new marriage. I might leave my wife for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is unemployed and does comedy and pro wrestling. That is talent, love, passion, and a complete disregard for financial security that I'm very attracted to. I kid. I'm sure he's a great guy. <laughs> 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 All right, Justine, tell us about – I have to go to the bathroom so bad. So get us started on Massachusetts or uh, Oklahoma if you can. One of those states, whichever one of them. Whichever one of those damn states that are legalizing pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oklahoma. Um, so like I said, they've got that crazy um, regulation where it doesn't matter how much THC is in your edibles. It only matters Hell how much yeah. it physically weighs, which is pretty awesome. But um, – They have dispensaries everywhere. And what I have learned from working with these dispensary owners is a lot of them started out owning liquor shops and had no idea anything about cannabis. Um, So these are like literally liquor store owners who had an extra 2,500 bucks laying around and now they want to sell weed. And let me tell you, they are having a great time. Now, are they, they're making a ton of business off of it. And I'm assuming that they're, cause I, I kind of compare that and this is going to be much more dangerous, but you remember a few years ago when vape shops started popping up all over the country Oh yeah, to me, like every, and it seemed like for like six months there, every strip mall had two. Yeah. Well, the, these like vaping in itself was new. Nobody had any idea how dangerous this was, is who, who even knows to this day, but especially then. And you had a lot of these guys, like you said, who ran liquor stores. They were, you know, just whoever, like they, they had a pizza restaurant. They're just uh, local entrepreneurs. And they were not only opening up these vape shops, they were literally mixing this vape shit on their own. They had no idea what they were doing. I've met guys who told me that they're, man, I had no idea what I was doing when I started mixing this shit. Like, good Lord, that's frightening. <laughs> so uh, maybe this is a case where a little bit of regulation is a good thing. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to open up a, a marijuana shop, I would hope that there would at least be some training involved on uh, marijuana. But is that not the case? Because you said you've had relationships with these. Is it really as simple as here's my 2500 or whatever? Here's my money. Here's my, my business. I'm signing up for it. Boom, I have a pot shop. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think they have um, a cap on how many licenses they're willing to give out. And, um, you know, someone I was talking to the other day, she was an older lady and she was saying, when my husband told me he was going to close up our construction shop and start selling pot, I thought he'd lost his fucking mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. But they're all, but and they're all, I mean, for the most part, they seem to be doing well. The business is booming. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, I'm, I look at their sales numbers and think about, um, you know, comparing them to when I worked in the dispensary and their slow days in some of these places are more than what we did on 420. It's just insane. See, that, that is one situation 
in which I wish unfettered capitalism were allowed to run free, and it's not. Let let these sons of bitches open up as many marijuana shops as possible. Keep the government's finger out of the pie. Let the invisible hand of the free market guide the price. It's only the fucking businesses that I want it to happen that are highly regulated by the government. Right. <laughs> keep, keep the cost of entry low it is, as yeah. much as possible Like for, for licensing and stuff. Because at the end of the day, the infrastructure is still going to cost a shit ton of money. Like if you want to grow a bunch of great weed, like that's going to cost a fucking, that's going to cost a lot of money. So like that cost of entry is already high. There's no reason to make it any higher. There's only, the only reason you should have, or the only goal you should have is to make me higher. Right. Um, so um, you were talking about Oklahoma um, and you're, you're asking questions, uh, adjusting questions. Oklahoma is actually, according to Politico, now the biggest medical marijuana market in the country on a per capita basis. More than 360,000 Oklahomans, which is nearly 10% of the state's population, have acquired medical marijuana cards over the last two years. By comparison, New Mexico has the country's second most popular program with about 5% of state residents obtaining medical cards. Last month, since 2018, they surpassed $1 billion in sales. And to meet that demand, uh, Oklahoma has more than 9,000 licensed marijuana businesses, including 2,000 dispensaries and almost 6,000 grow operations. For comparison, wow. Colorado's marijuana market, with a population about 50% larger than Oklahoma, has barely half as many licensed dispensaries and less than 20% as many grow operations. In Ardmore, a town of 25,000 in the oil patch near the Texas border, there are 36 licensed, dispen licensed dispensaries, roughly one for every 700 ref uh, residents. In neighboring Wilson, uh, which is a population of 1,695, state officials have issued 32 cultivation licenses, meaning about one out of 50 residents can legally grow weed. Now, put that, compare those dispensary numbers to Illinois. Justine, you're always pretty good with that number what's that number that was released before the market that the adult use market went live it's like it was uh 1.4 dispensaries per every 100,000 residents wow i mean and most so of them are in really chicago yeah right right so all those dispensaries are in chicago there's one one did you say 1.4 dispensaries for every 100,000 people yeah meanwhile what was the number that i just read off they have one for every 700. Yeah, yeah. A town of 25,000 people near the Texas border, there's 36 licensed dispensaries. How many licensed dispensaries are in uh, Chicago? It's about that number, isn't it? I, like I probably like 40. So, yeah, somewhere around there. And this the, is a situation. Chicago, this is a situation. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. Oh, no. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, the last thought I was going to share you know, 25,000 versus how many fucking people live in Chicago? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, what the third most populated city in the United States. I was just, I was going to say it's a situation where, you know, the Republicans should put their mouth, their money where their mouth is. If you're all about capitalism and free market and lack of regulation and uh, personal responsibility, how does marijuana not check all of those boxes. Think about the jobs that it brings, especially in Oklahoma. I guarantee that is infusing so much money into the local economy. All of those things, man. So shit, I, I don't, I mean, like I love how Oklahoma apparently is the litmus test for does 
highly, seemingly highly unregulated marijuana, um, well, I don't know, but production work, bingo, it does apparently on all fronts, or at least mostly, you know, I mean, maybe we need to pull these guys aside and, you know, explain a thing or two to them, <laughs> you know, Hey man, maybe tell a motherfucker that this cut candy ball, fuck you up, you know, aside from that. <laughs> See how you, you bring up an interesting point that I've asked rep- some of my Republican friends before conservative leaning friends why is the platform for Republicans right now not guns and weed? And hear me out on this. It sounds like there's not much of a relation, but um, there's a question on the federal background check when you want to buy a new gun that says, basically, do you use marijuana? And, it, and in Illinois, actually, if you have a medical marijuana card, you cannot buy a gun from a box store anymore. You have to buy it from a person. You have to do it through private sales. So how is like, Trump or any like conservative not running right now. Like, I feel like it's an easy gimme. Like you say, it ticks off all the boxes, personal responsibility, you know, like anti big brother, you know, like, let me do, I'm not hurting you, you know, no, you know, the whole saying, sorry. It's absolutely. I mean, I mean, and again, plus the economy, I mean, all of the money you can see there right now, black and white real life examples of how it is benefiting the economy with this, with this free market shit that you're always talking about. Dude, here is an example of all this shit that you're talking about with a cool plant that statistically most of the country are behind. You're right. Bingo. This is, this should be your platform. This should be your not, not Rudy Giuliani, his face melting next to some drunk chick (laughs) and no, that fucking yeah. Guns and weed. That I agree. Chick was just a treasure. I, man, I don't, it's, it's like every week he, he thinks of something to outdo himself. This is some Andy Kaufman shit. Like at, at at the end of this shit, you know, when Trump is gone, uh, hopefully if that ever happened, um, at the end of this shit, if, if Giuliani came forward and was like, man, you you guys know I was fucking with you this whole time. Right. I I just kept doing shit and you, you kept falling for, I had my, my head melting, my face, my hair was melting and nobody said, Oh, you got us, Rudy. I had a drunk chick and farted. I farted next to her in court and nobody understood. This was a joke. He did outside of a landscaping company. Like, come on. Right. (laughs) He's just fucking with us. He's fucking with us, man. I just love when he shushed her. Like if you're saying so much that you need to be shushed by Rudy Giuliani. A movie came out in which I was trying to pull my dick out around the chick. I thought was 15. Come on. I was fucking with you, dude. Uh, that, that is, uh, okay. So if you haven't seen who is America, he's, he's Sasha Baron Cohen. It's on Showtime. Uh, I'm not seeing this. I know I need to watch it. Oh my gosh. Kyle Fields. You've got to watch all this tonight. I will give you my fucking Showtime credentials and you're going to get in there. Um, I got to see this. So, uh, it's crazy what you see. He gets some of these politicians to say, um, and do, I mean, there's actually a Georgia politician that, uh, um, you know, uh, basically lost his, he's no longer a politician. Let's just say that. I don't want to spoil it for you. Well, Um, I saw one of the characters was exactly Freddie Mercury, which made me laugh forever. (laughs) Like not, not the way he acted, but his face, it was literally Freddie Mercury. The mask was Freddie Mercury. Right. Um, it's a brilliant show, but I guess what's scary about it and what's scary about that uh, scene in the new Borat movie is like some of the things that you can get 
it, okay, if you can get a politician to come up and or you're in a politician's hotel room, I don't know whose hotel room it was, but um, if you can get them, if you can get into that like that close to them, and you're a fucking like you're a comedian, and you made you've you've made Ali G and all that shit, like I don't know, I just you got to wonder about who else gets that close to them. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that with Giuliani, thankfully, he didn't have the same detail as maybe a Barack Obama or something. I think I, I, I saw an interview with Sasha Baron Cohen where he did have a security guy and it was like an ex-cop who stood outside of the door. And that's the freak. That's the thing is he stood outside of the door when Giuliani brought this woman into the room. Now, again, I can understand if it, if it is a consensual and I was rich and I had my, my side piece or whatever, I should probably shouldn't have said that. I don't have a side piece, <laughs> <laughs> but if I, you know what I'm saying? I, okay, whatever, fine. It's all consensual, but that clearly, I don't know that that's creepy on its own that this, whatever year old man is bringing this chick and maybe even she didn't identify herself to him as 15 in the interview. Okay. Okay. I, I, but sh- still this chick is clearly young as hell and you're going into this room with her. Okay, man, watch the door. Ah, come on. Ah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting scene. And I, I am sorry. I, I do have to tell you just, I'm going to give you guys a, a little bit cause I want you guys to check out who is America. So a Georgia lawmaker, screamed the n-word on sasha baron cohen cohen's show he's resigned oh. he had resigned because of it he not only yelled the n-word but he bared his buttocks um in an effort to turn isis terrorist homosexual um so if that's not <laughs> enough to um if that's not enough to interest you in how he gets a georgia lawmaker uh to bear his buttocks say the n-word and try to turn isis terrorist homosexual I don't know what your interest. I don't know what catches your attention because I can't wait to see this man. And so much of this is fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating in so many layers. One, obviously, that you could get a supposedly intelligent human being who is in the public eye as a politician to do these outrageous things is interesting enough in itself. Just the the psychology behind that. But also, this is a famous actor and comedian who has been in several movies and TV shows. And yes, he's wearing prosthetics, but that makes it even more fascinating that he has this ridiculous it's an actual mask on and that this mask can fool people it just like it fools everybody in the building i don't know it's just it's really it's a master class and 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 how they're able to even set these interviews up in the first place how they're able to get these celebrities and politicians and normal people to sign these release agreements that even give them the right to this footage because they obviously threaten to sue and all this stuff but they can't because those are ironclad contracts everything about what sasha baron cohen does is really interesting even beneath the surface it's really cool well i don't i don't understand how um, you know, he gets these people to do these things, but they are very well aware that they're being filmed the entire time. So how do you yeah, not come to that realization of like, oh, this is going too far. We need to stop. You just keep going, even though you're being filmed. And then like these people are getting upset about it afterwards that like, oh, Can you tricked me. But it's sinister. Like, yeah. It, it, to. Well, for them to know they're being filmed and do these things because they're banking on, they had this, they obviously probably had a conversation where it's like, no, no, this is not going to be released. No, this is just something, you know, whatever. Like, well, they, I, I, I think what's the, it's, it's social pressures. 
And it shows, unfortunately, just how easily people can be swayed based on what's socially appropriate at the time. Because if you're in a room with a guy who, like Sasha Baron Cohen, is going to be able to really make you believe not only is he a real guy, but he is fawning over you because of what your legislation and your laws and all this shit. He's building you up. He's making you believe that it's real. And then in order to also get your approval, you're going to go along. I'm not saying you will, but I'm saying a lot of, obviously in their mind, they're going to just go along with it because this is socially normal at the time. It's like when you go to a comedy club and they have a hypnotist there and the hypnotist puts you in the chair or he puts people in the chair and he makes them, you know, balk like a chicken and bark like a dog. That, I mean, that's because it's socially acceptable. Not only is it socially acceptable at the time for you to do that outrageous thing on stage, It'll be weird if you didn't. So that's why you're you're you know saying these stupid things on stage when you're at a comedy club because it's the only normal time for you to do it. So I think it's the same thing with these Sasha Baron Cohen shows. It's it's almost like he's lulled you into this false sense of security that you just have to go along with him and you don't realize it. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's well said though. I mean, uh, attorneys um, employ. Um, and law law enforcement officials, they'll try to buddy up with you and employ the same sort of yeah. tactic. You know? Absolutely. That's how you get false confessions. False confessions happen all the time. And yeah. and people don't understand why they don't realize it. And it's because, like you said, they'll buddy up with you, but they'll make it to the point where you literally are socially, you're, subconsciously, you're just trying to please him. You're trying to please the guy who's interrogating you. And that's why you'll kind of, you know, admit the shit that you didn't do just because you want the situation to be over, but you want to get his approval. It's, I mean, it's psychological shit that, you know, thankfully Sasha Baron Cohen employs to his advantage on the show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, Justine, did you have any more topics? Uh, I, I saved a, I always, you know, since last time, Kyle, you were on, I told you about uh, my friend that had seizures after he uh, dabbed. So that's, you know, if you guys want to hear about um, the one time I made somebody have a seizure from taking a dab, listen to our last episode with Kyle Fields. I don't remember when it was aired, but if you scroll through our feed, it's still up there and it's still funny. It's timeless. I fucking love that episode. I listen to it. It is timeless. Anytime you can get someone so high, they almost die. I mean, that's probably the funniest thing I've ever... um... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> love that. Did you did you have any um, other topics that you we before the show, listeners? We were like, we just want you know a loose agenda, to talk about things that are going on. So, did you have any other uh, topics you wanted to discuss? Um, not really, but I did have an idea for you, Kyle. Um, yes, we loved your strain review that you did, and might I suggest a strain review in the near future? Um, strains to beat your holiday blues Ooh, that's a good one i like that yeah. that's really good yeah i like that man that's i should do that and and i really appreciate the fact that uh you liked it i had a lot of fun with it and i meant to do more but you know marijuana um, <laughs> but between um the podcast which i don't even think i've even mentioned the podcast yet the obtuse yeah, what is podcast. Your podcast? 
uh, between the podcast and you know doing some sporadic stand up when I can and all the and then the, the commercials and stuff, I've not really had the chance, and that's the excuse I'm giving myself. But I've been keeping my bit myself busy. But I am going to do another strain interview. I'm going to, and I like that idea. I like the idea. You know, I like that we talked earlier about the suppositories. I could just put it. You know, I could use a suppository. I could review one of those. Mm-hmm. I could review the strand. Yeah, okay, I like that. Was are there any strands off the top of your head that I should review? Alaskan thunderfuck. Dude, I think I've had that. Oh man, yeah. what if I, I? Yeah, I think I've, and I really like right now. I'm looking at some, uh shit, some Verano. We can do our part. We can do our part to get you a Chillinoy, uh, uh, recommended list. You know, I would love that, man. Uh, I'm, I'm some shake wedding cake. Have you ever have the wedding cake shake? That's really oh, good. Yeah, yeah. We actually have a blend of uh, wedding cake right now. So, really. Yeah, it's called L.A. Wedding Pop. It's a uh, uh, they're dabs. They're, it's called a butter, a live butter, actually. Very tasty. That sounds really good. Yeah, if you could send me some Rex, man, I'm actually getting ready to head out and grab some pretty soon. I'm smoking uh, via vape the Cape God Bud. That is uh, uh, that's a ozone, I believe, or is it ozone? No, it's not. Anyway, but it's really good. It's delicious. That's uh, and uh, it's it's good too, man. It's what kind really- of vape you got? Did you say? Uh, oh, the, well, the Cape God Bud is the flavor. The Vape Man is just a simple $10 ooze, you know, battery that I got. I don't have anything famous or, you know, cool. I, are there some oh, cool rigs? There, I should... Is it a cartridge or something? Is it's that... a cartridge, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was confused. I thought you were saying you were vaping like a flower. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. This is just a cartridge, yeah. Yeah, I usually like to uh, smoke some bud earlier in the day, and then I'll smoke a little bit of the cartridge throughout the day, and then I like to wrap up the day with another really strong uh, flower hit to the dome. That's what I enjoy. Hell yeah, hell yeah! So uh, before I tell my uh, crazy story, I was, you know, I like that you brought up your podcast again because um, what what is the podcast and where can people find it? Because um, I, I just love it. Thank you, man. I said the Obtuse Angles podcast with Kyle and Jeremy, obtuseangles.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N, Libsyn, Liberated Syndication. Yes, I'm too broke to just buy the URL for obtuseangles.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Obtuse Podcast. And again, like we say in every episode, man, every show is hashtag evergreen, man. That means they're not time sensitive. Okay. So if you like true crime, we get a ton of those. The H episode is topic content driven. So we just did one on Richard Chase. That is a wicked dark one. Maybe you want a little lighter stuff. We got a year in pop culture, uh, 93, all episode in 05, all episode and pretty much every year from 92 to 05. Go check that out. Um, and then coming up, like we said, episode 300 on Monday, that is going to be the watch along the roadhouse. Uh, we, we just, we, oh, 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 oh. And I got a couple episodes I should also promote on this podcast obviously the 420 episodes they're episodes designed to be listened to while you're high i subtly and not so subtly fuck with the audio and i'm actually and i'm really happy i remembered this i'm actually going to be go back going back and remastering quote unquote old episodes of the show and I'm going to be um, designing them all to be listened to while you're high. They're going to be called the 420 remasters of old episodes of the obtuse angles. So yeah, that they, that sounds like something you would enjoy. Where every we're, every single Monday, it doesn't matter if I'm getting married, if Jeremy's dying, we're live. Hit subscribe, um, obtuseangles.lipson.com. Again, there you go. Boom. That's my 45 minute plug. Thank you for that. 
I never knew what you guys meant by each episode is evergreen because, and it's true now that you've explained it because we started listening about the, just a little bit before I think you went on air because you had mentioned your podcast. We're like, we got to check this out. And we went back through, um, and it, it, that's one of the things that I kind of worry about with uh, different podcasts, including ours, because ours is like really timely. You know, that's why I love doing episodes with you because I can post about them again, especially during times like these when people are getting sure. down because these episodes are <laughs> truly um, evergreen. At least most of the topics are. Um, but we went back. I just have to say some of my favorite episodes, the cops episodes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Justine, what were... Uh, trying to think we listened to jeffrey the jeffrey dahmer episode um can you think of yeah. any other episodes off the top of your head i'm really high i know we <laughs> have checked out the 420 episodes yeah the 420 episode for sure was fucking yeah. awesome and- i'm pretty sure that's the one that i thought uh, i was getting pulled over during i don't mean to spoil <laughs> one of the parts. No, dude. Well, i was driving so i was driving yeah. listening to it and i wasn't high justine was high she said it, it was kicking we ended up listening to the uh, rest of it at home while I was high and it truly was kicking. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying before. Kyle. Dude, thank you, man. Now, but, when you but say, I will when say you, you gave me a fucking heart attack on the, so the- I did that on purpose and I appreciate that. You're like the fourth person who told me they were high listening to it and they heard that and they pulled over on the side of the road, which is great. Yeah. I really, cause I, I put a police siren in it and I even give it like the Doppler effect. So it sounds real and uh, I apologize, but it made me laugh. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, but no, I'm I'm going to be yeah going back and doing the old episode stuff too. But yeah, Evergreen, yeah, because I honestly I, I I look at it in a way that if I don't get a lot of downloads one week on an episode, I don't sweat it because people like you, thankfully, can come back and go, oh shit, Edmund Kemper, I'll listen to this episode, you know, oh shit, four twenty. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not monetized a motherfucker yet, but in my mind, uh, we're building a catalog of all this stuff that people can go back and check out, and eventually someday I'm going to make enough to. Uh, you know, make some money off this, <laughs> which would be nice. I guess that's kind of a goal too. I, I would be excited for you guys to monetize just because I want to hear your table reads of the advertising. Thank you. You know what? Thank you. I, I hope I I'll shill for anything. Dick pills. I don't care. Blue chew. Um, gosh, any, any kind of like sorted torrid. Uh, I was unfortunately, you know, this is an awful thing. I was the guy at the radio station that would really do anything because, you know, the other, the other um, people at the station, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to endorse the strip club where somebody got stabbed last month. I'm not going to do that. Well, Kyle will, and they would come to me and cause look, I would go to those businesses. <laughs> Kyle is, are you saying that, uh, are you saying that you're willing to um, shill for our new suppository company? We, we want you to be known as the guy that shoves pot up his ass. I would love to do that, man. My name is Kyle Fields, and for years I couldn't sit down. I had to bring my donut with me wherever I went. It was humiliating. Now with the uh, THC rectal suppository 10,000, I can finally make it through a Peter Jackson movie without blood soaking through my underwear. Uh, is that no? Is that too much? <laughs> Perfect. Thank I'm, you. I'm glad I was muted for for the beginning of my laugh because I was snorting. So okay. Good. Um, you can find Kyle on YouTube at youtube.com slash classy Kyle. You can also find Kyle on Instagram and Twitter at funny man fields and on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Kyle fields comedy. So Kyle, I know you've, I mean, you're about to go to the store and I don't mean to 
if you have to go soon, we can wrap this thing up. If you know, no, you're fine, bro. Okay, cool. I, so you've transported cannabis before, right? You've, oh yeah, you've absolutely. For the days it was legal to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, have you ever transported fully grown cannabis plants? No, I can't even imagine the amount of stress that would be involved in my life if I had. No, have you done this? Uh, well, uh, I have a full head of gray hair now. Uh, so, <laughs> so yes, no, uh, yes, I have done it. We did it recently, and it's just it's a really fun story. So let's let's tell you all about it. We recently wanted to get out of the city that we were moving in or living in. Just kind of wanted to get to a quieter area, and so. We were in an apartment complex and, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been growing weed there, but we don't need to go there. Um, so uh, we're moving and we got all of our furniture out. And of course, I had help, um, you know, uh, from others, but I'm not asking for others to help me move my marijuana grow. People, you know, there's a certain level of care that you have to take with the equipment, ex- the plants, et cetera, et cetera. It's something that I'd rather do myself, right? You get it. It's not, you know, other things you're like, oh, you got your uncle. You're like, oh, yeah, you take that box out, throw it in the fucking back of the truck. But you're not going to do that with your marijuana. Hey, Uncle Ricky, you mind coming out here and shoving this brick up your ass, getting in the (laughs) U-Haul? Yeah, exactly. So we the plan was um, we we back up the Jeep in front of the apartment complex. And and the plan is to to move quickly, right? And, And to not draw any attention to ourselves. Not that we're breaking the law or registered medical cannabis patients, but it's not like there's a lot of rules or guidelines or direction on how you're supposed to transport and uh, safely transport, legally transport your fully grown cannabis plants. I'd imagine that if you get pulled over, it's not, it's, you know, it's not going to be a simple conversation by any means when you have some plants with you. So um, we've got the Jeep, pulled up to the apartment complex. I get the tent and all the equipment into the Jeep. Um, and I tell Justine, I was like, all right, so when you see the door open, pop the, you know, have, keep the trunk popped and I'm going to fucking run. I had three fully grown plants. They're about four, four and a half feet tall ish. And, uh, they're at the, the, the last week, you know, I, I ended up cutting them down. Um, either the week prior or, you know, if not two weeks after we moved to them. Um, so they're big plants. They smelled a lot. They were definitely marijuana. Like there's no, it's not like, you know, sometimes when they're young, they just look like <laughs> right. a vegetative plant. Like now this was clearly marijuana. Nobody had any question about this and nobody should have had any question about this. And so I, I start running these plants out. And like I say, I've got three fully grown plants, so I can only carry one at a time. So I'm trying to move quickly. I bring out the first plant. And I'm like, all right, the trunk's pop, going to pop it in there. You know, we had the seats down. We have a nice like SUV vehicle. So the seats were down and the idea is going to put them in there. I'm going to sit in the back with them since they're so he- top heavy um, so that when we turn, you know, they don't fall over and shit. That's the plan. <laughs> well, I start trying to put the plant in the back and it's too tall to fit in the back of the SUV. And I'm standing in the middle of a parking lot with a plant. um, And people are coming out of their apartment. Not like, not like a lot of people. It's not like everybody's like, (gasps) you know, there's like something going on outside, but you know, people come out of their apartments. Sometimes people pull up whatever else. And it obviously seems much more dramatic when you've got a plant, you know, it's like, there's a lot of pressure on yourself. 
And so I'm trying to fucking figure this out. People are coming in. We ended up having to put the seats back up so that we could get the plants all the way on the floor, right? And so we're running these plants out while she's putting the seats up. I'm trying to get the plants in there. And then the problem becomes I can't get in the vehicle because there's so many, I mean, there's vegetation in my fucking SUV, right? Like, how am I going to get into the car? And so I've got the <laughs> video file that I can share with you and I can maybe even post on the uh, Illinois Instagram of us driving through Champaign, Illinois. You know Champaign, the Miller High oh, Life yeah. of cities. That's um, right. That's right. We're driving through. <laughs> that's right. And if you want to support Kyle Fields, go on his Instagram and buy one of his T-shirts that says exactly that. Champagne, the Miller you. High Life of Cities. I love that T-shirt. So, Thank you, man. Anyways, um, we're driving through, <laughs> for sure. We're driving through Champaign down Prospect Avenue with three fully grown plants and you know, it's not like there's not a lot of traffic. It's about 4 p.m. It's, it's like rush hour. And so, uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. There was a point, you know, there was a point where I'm like wiping sweat off my forehead and everything. And then there was a point where I just started laughing because it was just like, isn't it fucking crazy what we're doing right now? And the fact that if we did get pulled over, I mean, there, like I say, there'd definitely be a conversation and such. It wouldn't be an easy one, perhaps. But at the end of the day, we, we weren't doing anything technically illegal or medical patients that are allowed to grow. But it just felt like such a – it well, was just, just such after, a – I mean, if you're like me and you're someone, and I'm sure that you were, who enjoyed weed you know, in high school and you know all the years where it was illegal. And that is that. I mean, when you're in high school – and I'm not saying that you should be in high school smoking weed, but plenty of us were. And there was a – to me, at least in my family, and we're talking about those social stigmas that we were talking about earlier. If I got pulled over drinking, my mom would have obviously been furious and she would have beat the shit out of me. But if I got caught with weed, oh my – I mean like, dude, I would have been disowned. Oh my god, Kyle was caught with drugs. So when you are, you know, from that elk in that time period, you know, ilk, 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 elk, you know, the deer, the ones with the big old antennas on the forehead. <laughs> um, but if you're from that ilk, man, if you're from that time period, dude, it gets in your brain. So even though you were doing nothing wrong and technically illegal, man, that that's, you know, it's, it's like that DNA from years past, the echo of the memory, your instinct, right? You're afraid of that shit. We... I want to add into the logistics of this whole transport, though, the fact that I was driving this vehicle with my seat so far forward that my knees were pretty much in my chest, uh, just so <laughs> that Cole can bring his precious plants to the new house. Oh, God. Yeah, to give, that- <laughs> to give Adam Sandler a plug, have you seen the movie The Week Of, I think it's called? It's a movie No. Is that one of those Netflix movies? Yeah, it's and it's actually one of his better movies. I, I don't mean to like diss on Adam Sandler, but you know, there's some movies sure. like, all right, man, you obviously took a bunch of acid or mushrooms or something before you started. No, I, I think, all right, man, you obviously got a bunch of money and then shit this out. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get there it. You yeah. go. Much better said. But this this movie's pretty quality, if I might say so myself. Uh, the week of, there's a scene in there though where he's all the way up against the steering wheel, and that's exactly what Justin looked like. So if you're looking for a visual, check out the week of. It's a funny movie uh, by Adam Sandler. So. You remember, there's like an episode of The Simpsons where there was this gigantic man who had this tiny car. Have you seen that one? It's from the class, the golden era, and Nelson, the school bully, laughs as he drives by and goes, "Ha ha!" And he has like his fucking Justin. Yeah, he had his. Knees up by his ears, and he he steps out, and he's like seven feet tall, and he's like, "This is the biggest car I could afford on my budget." (laughs) 
I love it. I love the the classic Simpsons episodes for sure. I I grew up on those. It was like every night while my mom was making dinner, we could watch the Simpsons and then the news came on and we couldn't watch any more fun stuff. My wife is the same way, man. And that and for me, that's how I was introduced to it was in syndication. Just like you, there were so many episodes that would air. I remember in, you know, in Kentucky at five and five thirty. So after school, you know, you're playing around your way. And so I, we watched it every single day and she watched it with her family. So there's a whole generation of people like us who it was not only was the Simpsons like this great show and it was, but it's like in entwined with your childhood memories, you know, cause it was just always there, which is, you know, even cooler. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely very nostalgic for me. Justine, why don't you go ahead and throw my reputation in the toilet and tell our listeners and Kyle uh, what show we just started watching together that I really like now. Oh, King of the Hill. He's oh my he's gosh. finally getting deep into the Mike Judge. I got him past Beavis and Butthead. Good. It's, it's a masterpiece. It's a, it's a, it's a, I could only talk about that show for six years. Here's a quick little uh, funny thing. My dad is Hank Hill, right? Throw a mustache on Hank Hill take away the beer. He is my dad to a T everything about him, everything about him. And my dad, you know, it has that temperament. He's from, he's an old school mentality. I was Bobby Hill in the sense that he didn't understand me. And, uh, I remember, I'll never forget the episode. I, it really, I swear to God, this is true. The, the day it aired on Fox that, that Hank Hill turned 42 my dad turned 42 and I, it was the, it was the, we, I was like, Oh my God, this is cosmic. That's amazing. So it's a brilliant show. Oh, it's so good. It's so perfect. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I've always loved Beavis and Butthead. Apparently that show's coming back. Did you know that Kyle? Yeah, man. And it's going to be the second time that it's coming back this time. It's on comedy central. I'm super jacked about it, man, that, uh, Beavis, I, cause it's, it's so brilliant, and 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 Beavis and Butthead spawned a lot of other shows. You know, the um, the Tom Anderson character became Hank oh, yeah. Hill, which which I love. Which now that means that you know we're, we at least kind of get Hank back in the new Beavis and Butthead, right? It's going to be weird seeing the character that became Hank now be that character again after Hank. That's going to be. Cool. I, I I love it. I love Mike Judge. Like you said, uh, Office Space. Um, God, I even like The Good Family, his short-lived one-season ABC sitcom that basically was uh, the the hippie teacher from Beavis and Butthead. It, it was like the liberal king of the hill. It ran very short, but I like that show too. I've never seen that or even heard of it. I'll have to check. Nobody out saw it. Yeah, it was. They they made it and then it got bad reviews and then ABC dumped it over a summer. They aired a whole season over like two months and then never talked about it again. But it's worth checking out just to see a Mike Judge show that no one's ever heard of that was, you know. But that's kind of the Mike Judge spirit. Everything he makes, the, the network buries. I mean, Office Space, it made no money until it went to uh, DVD. Uh, Idiocracy, it, it was supposed to get a wide release and it didn't. It got released to like one theater in California and then went straight to DVD and then it blew the fuck up. You know, um, that's just kind of the Mike Judge just gets fucked, but it makes him more enduring. I like him. Yeah, I really liked uh, Silicon Valley on HBO. I thought I've never seen it. I've I've heard it's it's like the one thing he's made that I've not seen. Man, Kyle, do I need to? I know you're I know you're unemployed. Do I need to get you my HBO credentials too? 
You know what? I, actually, I got another guy, so I'm, I'm cool there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. And I know I can give you shit because you're a comedian, so I hope. Oh, absolutely, hope bro. Is. Yeah, man. No, um, I, that's how we grew up, busting each other's balls. I like it. Really quick, I just wanted to give uh, our community a plug because uh, you know our this whole operation is uh, cr- it's critical to community input and some of the feedback we've gotten. I am so high that what I just said didn't make sense. Our operation relies on your feedback, and we've gotten some feedback that Kyle Fields was an awesome appearance, and so that's why this episode is happening right now. And oh, so I want you, man. to tell our listeners how to give us more feedback. You know, we'll definitely have Kyle uh, back on in the future. Kyle, it's an open invitation. Anytime you want to come on, talk about future things you're doing. I truly believe, especially now, we need reasons to laugh. Um, and so, you know, if you've got any upcoming dates, let us know. Um, again, check out Kyle's uh, episode or a podcast, The Obtuse Angles. But I wanted to give uh, the community an avenue to give us feedback. So, uh, Justine, how can our community give us feedback? I say it all the time. They can go to chillinois.net slash podcast and scroll down to the Be Heard button. And you'll also find a phone number on there at which you can text us or leave us a voicemail and we'll read it on air and answer your questions. Yeah, or you can send us an email. We actually just got an email last night. Um, I and I Justine, you probably weren't aware because I didn't say anything about it, but it was a it was an easy one. This person said they were from like uh, near, I'll just say near East St. Louis, and they were like, "Hey, you know, I I'm 60 years old. I'd like to try cannabis. I just started listening to your podcast. How do I buy weed in the state of Illinois?" And I said, "Well, if you got an ID, go to these two dispensaries that are near you, and you're 60 years old, man. You can buy weed. You know." Have fun. It, he did mention that he had a qualifying condition. So I said, get your hook up with Dr. Lee. That's another plug for our podcast yesterday. Dr. Lee's an awesome doctor uh, that can get you your medical cannabis card at a really cheap price. They do it through telemedicine. Super easy process. Um, and if you want to, if you know, if you're scared about the doctor's appointment because you're high all the time and you're paranoid, listen to the podcasts we've done with Dr. Lee because he's fucking cool. He smokes weed. He says it himself. He smokes weed. So you shouldn't be worried about getting your medical card from Dr. Lee. So you should have told the 60 year old guy, look, man, you're going to go down to third street. You're going to find a building without a roof on it. Okay. You're going <laughs> to knock three times, duck the shotgun blast. Oh, it's great. shit, man. <laughs> They got good shit. It's just sketchy. Yeah, What's, like the like the episode of King of the Hill where Hank buys the crack, right? God damn, that's a great one. <laughs> Come on. Kyle, we've all been in a sketchy situation buying marijuana. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but or drugs. I mean, we you know, drugs. Sure, Have yeah. you ever What's the sketchiest situation you've been in buying drugs? You know what, man? Um, this is actually a story that isn't exactly marijuana, but the sketchiest situation I was ever in, a buddy of mine and myself were just leaving a Buffalo Wild Wings when these two, um, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to have to be kind, lesbian crack whores. That's what they were. And again, they were wonderful human beings, I'm sure, but they were, they were, they were, they were crack prostitute ladies of the night. So uh, they asked, hey, you know, can you pick me up? Can you give us a ride? And I was like, no, I'm sorry, I can't, right? Because that's, you know, that's the average human reaction is that, you know, you don't want to help anybody. And she was like, no, look, it's it's right down the road. And I was like, okay, fine. So my buddy Derek just leaves. He walks home. And then I take these two 
um, these two crack people, I'm trying to be polite here, these two crack people, um, I wound up taking them to every crack house around Lexington so they could look for drugs. That is... <laughs> and I did, it wasn't like I, I wanted to, it was like, so at first they start fighting in my car after we go to the first crack house. Right. And I, I didn't, cause she wanted to buy crack and she didn't say it was crack, but it was definitely crack. And then her, her girlfriend is behind me in the car and she goes, don't let her make you drive around all night looking for crack. And I'm like, what crack? And then she comes back and she's like, oh no, my friend wasn't here. And I'm like, I just saw you talk to the guy. No, we got to go down the road. So they get into a fight in my car as I'm in the ghetto looking for crack. They're like swinging on each other and shit. And then as they're swinging, I get one in the fucking eye, right? Because, they, you know, I guess they're on the crack and they're you know, taking these wild punches. And she, one of them goes, oh, look what you made me do. You made me punch Lyle. I'm like, Lyle? I'm not... So finally I drop one of them off and then I, I, I drop the other one off. And then she's like, don't you leave. I have this purse. And she, she leaves the purse in the car, right. As a way of making me stay, you know, wait her out. And as I'm waiting in the, the sketchiest part of the sketchiest neighborhood in Lexington, I see two guys come up on either side of the car and I take the fuck off. Right. I'm terrified. And I just so happened to see a cop and I'm like, thank God. And I stop and I, I explain to the cop what, what happened i'm like i didn't say the drug thing but I, he, he could deduce it and the reason i did that was because i gave the cop the purse i'm like look i'm not stealing this i am just this this is this is what happened and he goes son you should never pick up a stranger and i said you're right and he said because you could be sodomized and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> why did he just look at me and assume that I, I like I out of all the things that could happen should you pick a stranger up driving them to crack houses being shot being robbed being punched by one in a lesbian tickle fight not sodomy oh, good lord he says so there you he go. says boy that skin is way too supple to be out in this neighborhood that's what yeah he was licking his lips as he <laughs> That skin is way too supple. I like that. That's yeah. So, I wouldn't make it a day in jail. I would not. I love that you said you didn't want to, but it's like you already had them in your car, so it was the sunk cost fallacy. You're like, I gotta help these crack whores get some crack, you know? Like I just wanted it to be over with, man. And I was like 24. I had no idea what life was or how to deal with crack people yet, you know? <laughs> like I. I didn't know. I'm just thinking, I just want this to be over with. And I kept telling her, I was like, look, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to let you out. She was like, well, yo, well, just pull, I'm buying her cigarettes at one point in the drive-thru. It was crazy. It was just, it was a long night. And yeah, and I, I mean, hopefully she, you know, got that crack. I, you know, I'm pulling for her, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Is that, I've heard you try to re rebrand it as crack people twice. Now I don't care what you say. I'm putting crack whores in the description because. Okay, good. Thank you. Well, yeah. I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to be polite. I, you know, okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't, we're not trying to sex shame, you know, they were sure, ladies. Sure. So I, I see what you're saying. It's the oldest profession. I, I am. Right. Like, you know, Kyle, I'm going to take a step back. I'm still going to put crack whores in the description, but, uh, they're not, they're, they're probably just, you know, they, they just we're trying to get crack, you know. Just, well, yeah, we're we're all crack people. You know, you gotta. It's late nights, you know. You gotta stay up late. I'm <laughs> I'm just trying to be funny, people. I hope I'm not offending anybody, but uh, no, you're you're. Look, sometimes you need a little bump of crack to get you through the day. We all been there. 
Well, and I just have to say that I try all the time to be funny on this podcast because I have a love for comedy, but I'm not, I'm not funny. And so, but I, I, a lot of these things I'm saying, I just want to clarify that they're jokes people. So, um, if you're going to write me an angry email, I'm, I'm not going to read. I hope it's a letter. I hope it's an angry letter. I hope it's, I hope hope they use a quill pen that they dip in ink and they fold it up and they give it to a pigeon. No, you know what I hope it is? I hope it's an angry voicemail. You can call us at 312-772-6844. That's the Chillinoy hotline. Um, you can text us as well. So if you want to send us an angry text, or if you want to do what the fella did the other day, if you just got a question, um, we don't know all the answers, but we know maybe we know where to look and find an answer or at least point you in the right direction to 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 ultimately attain that answer so you could also you could also do what uh angry listeners in my podcast do and cut the letters out of a magazine and then wrap it around a brick and throw it through uh one of your windows <laughs> jesus no or no no or no or, or don't do that don't. <laughs> <laughs> how many times has that happened to you kyle ah well i don't know it depends i mean what, you're, record, you're recording this on sunday so no i <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you said uh, you have a few, you have an upcoming podcast. What are some of your recent podcasts again that you've Yeah. Uh, so I'm also, uh, in addition to Obtuse Angles, on a podcast uh, called The First Laugh Podcast with Josh Freeman. Yeah, he's a, you probably know Josh. He's a, I'm on, gosh, most of the episodes of that show. He's a local comedian, really funny guy, and he really works hard on that show. So you could check that out. Um, also, as far as obtuse angles go, like we said, episode 300 is coming up with uh, Roadhouse last week. Like we said, Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento. Some wild news stories, moose licking, wife banging, and an old folks sexy November stories. That was just there. The week I got married, we did a whole story on uh, wedding day tragedy which I thought was funny. My my new wife uh, did not. Before that, the most popular one of the past couple of months, terrifying things that people have found inside of themselves. Uh, genies, racist lakes, and Chinese meth. One of my favorite funny ones the last couple of months. People who were wrongly executed. That's uh, going back to the last uh, few weeks. So yeah, lots of fun shit, man. Lots of fun, uh, horrifying things. The, I, like the Richard Chase episode in particular, my wife heard me recording it in the next room. That that night she went to bed and had nightmares, like, honest nightmares. God didn't talk to me for like half a day. Oh no. <laughs> she woke Gen- up. She, what's that? As a genies, racist lakes and Chinese meth. Yeah. So that's a few different uh, stories that I covered. The genie story was absolute. God, that was so funny. Um, this, <laughs> I think it comes, I think it's India. I believe it's India. Um, a couple of scam artists decided to sell a man, a, a actually a doctor, which is horrifying enough. They tried to sell a doctor, uh, an enchanted lamp, a genie lamp. And he was like, what are you talking about? Obviously, genies aren't real. And the guy was like, oh, really? And then he rubbed the lamp and another man dressed up as a genie popped out. <laughs> it said, so I'm a genie. Uh, and then he sold him the lamp and then he took it home. And when he rubbed it, he was like, oh, I got scammed, which there shouldn't be laws against that. I'm sorry if you're that stupid. Come on. It was like, no. it makes perfect sense that this human sized genie requires a human sized lamp. That's absolutely feasible. Well, it was magic. It <laughs> Did was you magic. Punishment for this? Did you? Is that what you said? 
There's a punish. Did you say there was a law against this or something? Well, he was suing him and he's trying to find the guy, but apparently the dude sold him the magic lamp and jumped town. So (laughs) So. I was going to say, if there was like, I did, I I must've misheard you. If there was a law against that, I was like, how are these televangelists doing it still? They're fucking selling an an invisible product every night. They're like, come on, give us your money. This is India. I mean, now you're now you're talking U.S. There's so many laws to protect those Kenneth Copeland sons of bitches. God, that I, one of my favorite videos I've ever seen. You know, Kenneth Copeland, the freaky televangelist. Who there's a recent video where they have like a heavy metal soundtrack under him talking. Yeah. He is the he is the like the rich son of a bitch, that shyster, that asshole, that guy who said that he he had to spend all of his church money to buy a, a jet from Tyler Perry because he didn't want to be in a regular plane with. Dan- Demons. Regular, some regular people are demons. One of my favorite videos is one of the chicks from my inside edition goes and interviews him. And there is like about a 15 minute uncut interview where this brilliant woman who's a reporter whose own father was a preacher and knows the Bible is trying to interview this guy and be like, come on, why are you so evil? Right. But she doesn't say it. She's very polite about it. And to see this evil, cartoonishly evil villain of a man, look at her with these creepy dead eyes and it's crown notes. Get high and watch watch it. Kenneth Copeland, I think it's Inside Edition, him justifying a plane for 15 minutes is the creepiest thing, but it's it's crazy. You can't stop watching it. That sounds nuts. We're going to definitely have to watch that tonight. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Sorry, not not to go down that rabbit hole, but we started talking about televangelists and that. I mean, because, you know, again, he's the one who's like, the Lord wants me to have this gigantic mansion. God wants me to have three private planes. <laughs> Dude, well, hey, you know what? It's not not a bad racket, though. Really, if I could get away with it, maybe I would. Shit, I don't know. I always, yeah. If if I could do it, man, I would. I just my thing is you you gotta really not care about people. <laughs> you gotta turn something off inside of you to just. But I think. There. I think it's like Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay was was a character that this. Jewish comedian, I can't remember his, his official name or whatever, but he made Andrew Dice Clay. It was all, it was totally opposite from who he was as a person. But the character got so successful, just like Larry the Cable Guy. Well, a little bit less than Larry the Cable Guy, but it got so successful that he, he made his whole set Andrew Dice Clay, which makes sense. Fine, right? But he went so deep into the character that if you ever see like his old reality show or footage of him, he now is in real life 24-7. Hey, oh, he's the Dice Man. I think that there is like, it's the path of least resistance. Your brain acquiesces to whatever is the easiest thing that, you know, I I really believe that if these cult leaders convince themselves that they, these people need me, I, I need to fuck your wife. You understand? God wants me. God has to have me fuck your wife or else the world will end. And they believe that shit, man. I'm telling you. I think yeah. I could I could do it. I think I could do it. I could do it. <laughs> it's crazy to see some of those justifications. I've seen like a court deposition of this one um uh televangelist that ha- they were going over like how how many um how much money he had spent on clothes in the last week and it was something or in the last year and it was something like $100,000 over that or something like that on like Versace and all these like designer clothes and they were like why do you why do you like why do you have to buy that those types of clothes and like that 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 expensive of clothes? And he's like, well, I need fine linen and like I sweat a lot, so like I go through clothes, which is why I have to buy so many more. 
And it's just like so crazy because, like you say, the crowd just eats it up. <laughs> you know. So. Oh, there was uh, I think it was Creflo Dollar. You heard of this guy? He's uh, uh, like an Atlant, an Atlanta, this uh, this uh, Atlanta African American preacher who is like just the I mean, he, I mean Cadillacs and nice suits and like, and he's old, right? And he got asked. I mean, they, I, mean, I saw an interview with him, just the same thing. Hey, why do you need this? And he said, I can't save them if I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, like yeah, you know, that's and you know he believed it. You know he believed it because his brain has to. His brain, you you have to believe that shit in order to fucking sleep, man. I'm telling you, it was like the Nazis. I really believe at first they were like, oh sure Hitler, whatever. But you know, I think eventually they were like they they believed that crazy shit in order to go to sleep at night. So I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, Kenneth Copeland and Nazis and crack whores. You get a lot when you put me on a show. Speaking of Nazis and crack whores, this is uh, fresh news. Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani tests positive for COVID. No. Yeah. President Donald Trump says his personal attorney has tested positive for coronavirus, uh, as reported by the Associated Press just about 45 minutes ago. Man. So, so you mean all of the uh, lunatic conspiracy theorists who have been hanging out with him for the past couple weeks were exposed? No, God, no, no. All those anti-maskers. <laughs> no, man, ah, shit. Oh, God, that's going to be awful. God, he's going to be fine. He's fucking fine. Trump was fine. He'll be fine. Fucking, it's only like the goddamn grandfather of nine who's, you know, been a fucking volunteer youth pastor who fucking dies or some shit. It's always the, the best people who fucking die. He's going to be okay. I mean, I mean, I'm if, not if you look at him, he looks like he's already dead. So I don't think it's going to do much to him at all. He has looked like Smeagol three quarters of the way through the transformation for the past 20 years. He looks, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Like right before he became Smeagol, that's right. what Giuliani looks like. Right. And my precious is just Trump's nuts at this point, but uh, sorry, I, not, not, not to get political <laughs> on this show. <laughs> no, no. Hey man, cannabis is inherently political, so it's no problem. We go, we go there, you know? Um, I kind of was a little, <laughs> excuse me. I was a little condescending on the last podcast. Here's a, Here's a deep thought. I just read a deep headline. I'm just on the internet because I'm high. Um, is anyone on earth not an immigrant? Uh, I would say yes. Yeah. I w- well, it, uh, okay, now I know you're thinking because humanity evolved out of Africa, therefore anybody who migrated. But I'm going to say, because where does it end, right? I mean, do, do you go all the way back to Pangea when none of us were immigrants and then shit started to, ah, shit, and now you're an immigrant, fucking earthquake, right? I don't, I don't know. I, I would say, though, that there are people in Africa uh, with a lineage all the way back to the dawn of time, at least in that particular area of Africa. So I would say those people are not immigrants. How about that? <laughs> Interesting. That's a hot yeah, take. That's a hot that. take. For I you. like that hot take. Um, Kyle, what, Justine, did you have something to say? No, I was just unmuting. I don't know. I'm high. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you don't. Have I blew to. her mind. I fucking blew her mind, and you just heard her thinking so loudly that you thought you heard something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, well, so uh, reported six hours ago, a Staten Island bar general manager was arrested after de- defying closure again. This has nothing to do with cannabis. Again, we're just high reading the news uh, headlines just to try to give you guys a laugh, you know. 
Um, See, those are man. That that is such a complicated situation too, because I I understand the the left side on stories like this, and I understand the right side on stories like this. I understand that we are in the middle of this evil pandemic, and. You know, if, if your society and community is deemed that the, and by the way, scientists too have deemed that the only way to stop the spread of this vicious fucking disease is to to, to close these places. I, I get that, but fuck, I, I'm I'm not I'm not justifying it. But let's not pretend like in many of these situations, these aren't guys who don't have money, and if they don't fucking open up on their family owned business, they're not going to be able to pay their fucking mortgage or what the fuck ever, right? So I at least understand both sides of that of a guy going all right look i can close but i can wake up i can fucking uh, open my business and pay my rent this month and my kid's not going to be homeless i don't know I, yeah, so that's that's, that's something i see both yeah i definitely see both sides of that uh you know because the thing is like if you're going to tell people that they can't they can't work anymore like you have to provide them with some support during bingo bingo like um yeah i i just i feel for those those people that uh i mean comedy uh clubs bars um etc you know that have been told that that they can't do it because i mean they're not getting any support from from their politicians and you know it's Absolutely crazy when you not. read about all the money that from the ppp and the small business loans and who it actually went to it went to basically um, no small businesses. Or, or it's it's fucking disgusting. It's disgusting, and and you know another stimulus check or an, you know another amount of funding obviously could satiate a lot of these issues that people have. But because we were in the middle of a fucking election year, nobody was going to budge. Oh, how fucking kind. Oh, I'm great. Yeah. Well, you know, I, yeah, you, you can't pay your fucking uh, I don't know power bill, Kyle. But uh, you know, look if we if we sign something, it'll make me look bad coming up in a couple weeks fuck you man kyle you what you're you're not still floating off of that twelve hundred dollars we got dude you sound like you're uh i'm just joking i'm just no (laughs) no you're but you're you're right though man Uh, you're fucking right there is a coffee shop in lexington called brood and they actually did sell alcohol there too they just lost their liquor license because they have defied the governor's orders to shut the business down and uh, a lot of people who um, are very liberal, again, I'm a liberal guy on my Facebook page, like, yeah, fuck these guys. They should go to jail, blah, blah, blah. But then you read the, the statement from the business and it's a guy who owns it. And he's like, three years ago, I was homeless. And I told myself I would never let that happen to me or my kids again. So, and again, I'm not saying he's right, but you kind of see, oh, this isn't just some greedy asshole who is opening his shit up it's a little more complicated than that right. so and when you know, your establishment is retrofitted to do one thing which is to like right. serve drinks and serve food and have that environment like it and somebody this is the first time in history that i that, i mean i i am again i'm not well read by any means i just google shit and i sound smart or i'd like to think i sound smart um but i would say this is probably the first time in history where like a bit you're just like a business is told like you you have to shut down like why? Well, just because you, you, I mean, it's a public health thing, but like, just because you have to right now and we'll let you know when you can open. And, and by the way, we're not going to help you at all. Yeah. You just need to That's a fucked up thing, man. I mean, and, and again, you know, I mean, it really goes to show, I mean, how fucking everything is connected, man. It's like a food chain because 
what happens when uh, Green Certified West, the car lot, had to close, and then they're not getting as many people, and then they're not um, putting money towards advertising for Newhoff Media, which is where I worked. And then I remember every stop set, every break, every commercial break that we went to on the radio station I worked at, I would see Green Certified West, a spot, everyone, Green Certified West. And I remember the first day that I went to work and I saw that spot was red, meaning that that spot was scheduled, but it had gotten pulled. I was like, oh no. And two days later, I lost my job. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like all of these things affect everything else. Obviously I know that we're all high and I'm explaining how an economy works <laughs> in 2020, but it just really goes to show how unforeseen fuckery can occur in situations like this. And it is complicated. You know, I'll, I'll cap this conversation. I'll, Ju- Justine, unless you have something to say, I'd cap this conversation off with a positive note. Do you have anything on this, uh, COVID-19 subject or anything? Um, the horrible times. <laughs> uh, I mean, with the COVID, when my coworker brought it up in like January or February and asked me if I was concerned about it, I was one of those people that was like, it's nothing. You know, the people are quarantined. It's fine. This is never going to go anywhere. So don't worry about it. And then, yeah, just to to be standing at work one day and seeing the news playing in the lobby and people, the phones ringing off the hook of people canceling their appointments or rescheduling. And then the next, or then, you know, the bosses come and tell everybody that they can go home except for the receptionist. You know, it's, it was a very strange feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, as Americans, I mean, it, you just, at least I know, I can speak for myself. I don't think anything like this could ever happen, no. right? I thought that if something affects our economy, obviously it's going to be some sort of fucking, you know, financial crisis like in 2007 that I still don't honestly understand. <laughs> I thought it would be something like that. I thought, you know, if, if something were to affect our way of life, it would, I can see a war. Okay. Somebody invades us. That'll be shitty, but that's my brain can foresee that. I can never foresee that a, um, a pandemic would, would affect everything so much. And I should have, but it had just never happened in my, in my lifetime. You don't, and you too, it's just, you don't, think that oh okay well but it's 2020 we got this we got come on there's we went to the goddamn moon it's a disease whatever fine fuck it right but no no we we don't got this yeah it is uh it's hopefully we will i i I know you want to end on an up note coming up in a couple weeks right (laughs) we got that you know goddamn ass uh shit they put in you and yeah you know you know what i'm talking about vaccinations yeah Whatever yeah that I, that's what i was gonna that's what i was actually gonna bring up um but also like uh you know before we get to before we end on a positive note i wanted to rub something in your face before so that week that justine was talking about you know you i feel like you probably remember that week too it was like when rumors were or those the weeks before this all happened where there were rumors like is the lockdown gonna happen the lockdown gonna happen we were like no way the lockdown gonna happen and then the lockdown happened you know and we thought it was gonna be two weeks and then here we are months later. But anyways, before that lockdown happened, and this is this is going to be a controversial episode. My fucking reputation is in the toilet at this point. So whatever. I'm just going to say this. I went and saw Louis C.K. before the um, lockdown. I saw him oh, in man. Knoxville, Tennessee. It, That's awesome. Um, it was amazing. He, his new special is out if you go on his website i think it's like five bucks just like it always is he's real fair on pricing but uh i've seen it it. yeah i've seen it it's crazy because um 
man. I here's the thing. I'm a big fan of Louis C.K. and I'm also a huge pothead, so I can't remember things. So I like to record stand-up comedy when I go to stand-up comedy, but I don't release my recordings. I don't obviously use people's material or whatever. But Louis C.K. is one of those people that tries to take your device because people mm. do release his content. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I figured out how to get my Apple Watch in there and I recorded it. And what was amazing was that it was he's an amazing performer. It was word for word the same as his special. Like timing, everything. Wow. I didn't so understand. It, it, it must have been right before he filmed right. it. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, that's what I that's what I assume. He had either just filmed it or right before he had filmed it cuz I mean it was like that next week and I was worried that day actually cuz people were even talking about like is the lockdown going to happen and I was like, dude, I swear to fucking god if it happens at like lunch today before we like have to leave like that's just gonna fucking suck, but it didn't end up happening, and and I saw Louis C.K., which was one of my bucket list comedians. Um, that's great. I'm uh, such a big fan of his man, and he is influenced by um, uh, George Carlin. I mean, George Carlin was his hero to the point where if you kind of look at Louis's style, from the suits to the black T-shirt, that's exactly what Carlin wore. But another one of those things is that Louis bits <clears throat> are very written like very a to z you know what i mean like he yeah. he, he rem- like like chris rock like he remembers them word for word bit for bit which is fine i mean i'm not trying to say it's a bad thing it, it's a you know he obviously nails it and he's great my shit's more loose and improvisational but the fact that he was able to uh do because again carlin carlin would be on an airplane every airplane ride carlin was on he was just writing in this notebook every bit word for word memorizing and memorizing and memorizing because you got to think about how difficult that is even if you write the material man that's what 60 at least 60 minutes of shit that's in, in, in Louie and Carlin's case that you just wrote and worked on this year that right. you have to memorize word for word. It's very crazy. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, comedians, but let's cap off that COVID-19 conversation. I think it's a really positive thing that now instead of uh, the conversation has shifted from whether or not we're going to have a vaccine to how effective the lineup of vaccines is. And you know, it's crazy, Kyle. I was just reading today, and you know, of course there is. There's going to be a black market for these vaccines because, you know, there's going to be like the, uh, the government's talking about how to roll it out, you know, and so they, they're wanting to roll it out to like people that need it first and foremost. So that's why you're hearing about old motherfuckers like Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and George Bush wanting to take the shot on TV. Have you heard about that? They said they're going to take the vaccine on live TV just to show people it's safe. I have, and Blake Hammond, a comedian out of Cincinnati, had a great joke about that. He said, it's a damn shame that Barack Obama and George Bush volunteering to take the vaccine is nowhere near as effective as if Kid Rock and the MyPillow guy did. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. That's amazing. Which, you know, is, and I, I that's basically his joke. <laughs> I remember pretty much, but yeah, it, and, and man, I, I, it's so sad because very people, close people to me who I love, are not going to take it because they think that it's the GP it's the government tracking you. It's, it's metal gear solid for God's sake. They're putting the goddamn nano machines in you. This is like, this is a real thought that these people have. So I, I hope that I, I, here's what I think. I think that we should hide the vaccine in like pork rinds and ding dongs and Twinkies and shit. So these people are consuming and don't know it. What do you think? Yes. That's how, that's how I would do it. That is amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to cap off COVID by saying it's, I mean, I don't know.
you know, I'm not a scientist or anything, but it's, it's positive in my mind that instead of having a conversation of whether or not we're having a, vac- a vaccine, we're having a conversation of whether or not it's effective. And it also seems that uh, Dear Leader was not able to pressure uh, any of these companies to do it before the election like he was trying. Thank God. Yeah. And it, and it seems like they're having a slower rollout and we're talking about effectiveness and we're doing this clinically and, and by the book, you know, science, the whole, the whole forbidden thing. <laughs> Um, I was scared. I thought Pfizer was going to roll out something for sure that turned you into a werewolf or something. I thought that was going to happen, but it didn't. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. I want some of that fucking Regeneron, dude. Trump was fired up on that shit. Yeah. Better than he ever has in his life. Yeah. He was, I mean, I love the, some of the side effects of that drug are like delusions of grandeur. Like, how can you tell with, with Trump? How could you tell? Right. I, I really do wonder, a small part of me does wonder if his crazy conspiracy bullshit saying that this election was rigged when there is absolutely no evidence to say that the election was rigged on a, even a decently big scale. I wonder if that is some leftover effects of that medicine in there. And he legitimately thinks that he won the motherfucker. That's the Regeneron. Fuck his brain up. I, I not want it. No. I don't know. I don't think it is. I, dude, I'm a big fan of Bill Maher, and he's been calling it for the last three years uh, that Donald Trump would do this. And Donald Trump's been saying it in his rallies. I say low key, but he's saying it out loud. It's just that nobody broadcasts his shit. Fucking poor WWE rallies, you know? Right. Um, but he, he and isn't isn't that crazy? You're a big fan of WWE. That's exactly oh, yeah. what he's doing. He he knows he's been to the WWE. Yes, he absolutely. Knows the crowd like that. That's what absolutely. Yeah. No. Actually, uh, CNN had a great article um, a couple of months ago about how Donald Trump learned from WWE. Donald Trump, unbeknownst to a lot of people, is a WWE Hall of Famer, and that's because of his involvement in some of the biggest matches ever. 2007, Vince McMahon hair versus hair match. That was the biggest selling wrestling pay-per-view of all time until about 2012 when Rock and Cena beat it. But um, he also, uh, Trump Plaza, hosted WrestleMania in 4 and 5, and he's friends with Vince McMahon and his Vince McMahon's wife, Linda McMahon, who was a longtime CEO of the company was on uh, Trump's cabinet, was in the cabinet. So Trump has had a very long history with WWE and he understands how to, and I look, I love wrestling. It's an art form. I could talk all day, but I won't, but how to deceive people and pander to people and get reactions from people. Um, Eric Bischoff, who was the leader of WCW for a long time in the 90s, actually just did a TED talk on how cable news is so popular now that it's, it stole from pro wrestling. It and it did. It really did. Cable news. When you watch the talking heads on Fox News and MSNBC and CNN and all of these outlets, especially Newsmax and shit, it's not attempting to inform you. They figured out ways to press your buttons and elicit an emotional reaction. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like pro wrestling, and that's what they've done, and that's why Fox News is the number one cable network, and millions of people watch it. And, I mean, yeah, it, that's unfortunately what a lot of politics has developed. I'm sorry, I, I could go on no, forever I, about this. No, that's brilliant, man. I, I was just talking to Justine about this the other day, and if you, and I think even, uh, yeah, I was like FaceTiming with my grandma about it. We were talking about the new, I love my grandma, if you can't tell. Um, but yeah, uh, she, so, uh, 
we were talking about like I can't even stand watching the news anymore because you get on it and it's like this monologue. Uh, it's not even the news anymore. It's not like today there was a crash and like this many people died and you know this company shut down because of whatever. It's like this dude to and it depends on which side of the aisle you're talking on. And it's it's almost like he's doing like uh, what is that called when you rap without a beat? It's like acapella stand up comedy. <laughs> you know what like I mean? Spoken. Like, oh, I got you. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's 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 like spoken word that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. I man, it's it, it's depressing. Look, it, it's depressing, and it's I, I know that you don't want to fucking wrap the show up with something sad, but my wife, you know, her parents are both very conservative and love them but she uh, my my wife saw both of them watching newsmax and you know whereas at least fox news attempts to take these supposed facts and spin them in a way newsmax just makes up the facts <laughs> just, uh, just you know you know whereas you know fox news is hey look the, the election probably wasn't rigged and i'm not defending fox news it's a piece of shit and MSNBC is a piece of shit and it's dividing this country, but at least it's not bald faced outright. This shit didn't happen. Lies. Whereas Newsmax doesn't give a fuck. Right. And, and now the problem isn't that we're all consuming the same facts with different slants. Motherfuckers are consuming different facts. So, ah, right. But I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm high too. And I've gone down the rabbit hole and I'm bitching. I apologize. You're okay. I can spin it back positive. I wanted to. I wanted Good. to talk about uh, comedians. Uh, you know, uh, who are some of the like biggest name comedians you've ever seen live? And I'll I'll just start. I guess if you wanted to think about it, uh, Joe Rogan, Ron White, like I said, Louis C.K., uh, Jim Gaffigan. Um, that's awesome. Trying to think uh, if there's anybody else, uh, Rodney Carrington. Ah, uh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Rodney I'd like to see Rodney. Right before, yeah, it was right before COVID nineteen, and you know his last special. I think that he released. I've heard a lot of people say it's not one of their favorites of his, and I tend to agree. Um, but this special that he seemed to be working on when I saw him, I fucking hope comedy comes back, man, because he was killing it. I I left. Kyle, I shit you not. I left that place and I was sore from laughter. And I, you know See, that. I, I get that, man. I think that Rodney Carrington is a is a guy who really benefits well from being in a comedy club or listening to the CD with your buddies, because sitting alone on the couch watching a Rodney Carrington CD or watching a Netflix special just I don't think it translates. Uh, Morning Wood, I you know a lot of that stuff obviously doesn't age well, but there was some good shit on it, and he has a great delivery. King of the Mountains, I thought was okay. That was the one a few years later, but yeah, I've heard the new Netflix special is awful, which is sad. I you said that you've heard some negative things. Was it what? Why wasn't it that good? Was it just bad material? So the one before, I'll just give you some context. The one before was really great, apparently. The one before that on Netflix. So there is one on Netflix that's a fucking great special. Check it out. Um, I really like it because it was kind of what I saw that night. You know, the way I saw, this is how I actually was introduced to Rodney Carrington was this this special uh, that was on Netflix. The good one that I'm talking about. Um, He was, he didn't do a lot of the musical stuff. I'm honestly, Justine can tell you this. I'm not huge into like, musicals musical i'm not either i'm not either and i didn't know that he was a performer uh that's a name that i forgot um he i wasn't a huge fan of it but i did like when he did stand-up comedy but anyways uh when i in this special he doesn't do like a lot of music um 
Um, but this, this one that we were just talking about that wasn't as good. Well, he had just broken up with his wife or divorced his wife. And I guess he's gained some weight. I mean, there's like, and that's <laughs> not, not that, that matters, but it's like, yeah, he was obviously not in a good place. Sure. But this, this was that I had seen him after all this. He was slim again. I mean, which is an indicator that maybe he's feeling better about himself, sure. treating himself better, better, but he was fucking killing it. And it was stand up yeah. comedy. He did end it with his classics, which everybody loved because that's why you, I mean, that's why some people went to go see Rodney Carrington. Show did yeah. you show them to me and Dear Penis? Uh, yes, yeah, and he uh, yeah. titties and beer, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All the classics. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Now I uh, I've seen uh, saw Leno at the uh, Springfield Auditorium, um, and you know he's a fucking pro, man. Uh, I, I grew up watching Leno, and even though. Oh, look, you know, he, he wasn't the, the best comedian. He was a dude. He was great. He was great live. And I, I could go into that, but I won't. But I saw, yeah, Leno and Doug Stanhope. That was awesome. Um, I've opened for uh, Polly Shore <laughs> in Springfield. Uh, I've opened for a few. It's so funny. Polly Shore is the biggest name I could think of. Um, Tim. Off of, uh, who is he? Polly Shore, he was huge in the 80s and 90s. He was an MTV VJ. He was in a bunch of movies. That's Son-in-Law, um, shit, Biodome, a bunch of shitty movies. But oh, Encino Man, the Goofy movie. He was the voice of the kid in that. Um, Son-in-Law is the one I know. Hell yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Tim Meadows, you know the uh, doc, you know the the uh, dude on SNL that was in there, the black dude in SNL in the 90s, basically the guy that was on there forever. I love Tim um, Meadows. <laughs> He's yeah, dude. That was great. Um, Mick Foley, as far as wrestling wise, Tom Green opened for him. Um, I actually got to hang out with Tom Green and get high with Tom Green and go to Taco Bell and go to the bar, and it was one, maybe the best night of my life. Is he that was super, super weird in real life, or is he pretty normal? You know what, man? Uh, he's a little guarded, I think. And the first time that I met him on the radio station, he was nice. And then uh, we did this hangout where some listeners got to hang out with him. And then I was, I guess, the chaperone. And he was the coolest motherfucker in the whole world. Like, he's a little weird. Just That's just him. He's just a little weird. But he was so nice, man. Like, he smoked weed with all of us. We went out to the bar and he bought everyone a pizza. And then he started, like, performing, but not in an annoying way. It was like he could tell in Lexington in 2012 all the people that were my age. So they all grew up with him. And there began to be a line that formed like it was Disney World of people getting his autograph for free in the bar. And he and he, and he signed autographs. He took pictures. It was like he loved it. He loved talking to people. And then he, like, started running around and doing bits and shit. And people were fucking loving it. We went to Taco Bell with him. And he started fucking with the drive through woman. But, like, in a Tom Green way, it was like 13-year-old me was crying. It was so cool. And, and then I saw him again. And he and, – I don't know. I, I'm sure he does it every day. And I think he barely remembered me and he was a bit more guarded. Right. So I think he's just one of those guys, but my experience with him was awesome. That's awesome. Very cool. He's a, now he was, he's just on Rogan and apparently he's now traveling across the country in a van with his dog podcasting out of his van with like all this nice equipment. He's just been hanging out in the desert and shit. Like that's his life now. That motherfucker. I'm so jealous. That's so awesome. I love that Joe Rogan gets people started on, like, gets like, why don't you podcast, man? 
I mean, Joe, he got Rogan started. He got, that's the funny thing really? is Tom. Yeah. Tom green used to have uh, Tom green's house live. It was this show that was an online show and it was literally in his house and he had cameras and he had a director and he had all this stuff. And if you watch a video of Rogan on Tom green's house live, he's looking around Rogan's like you, you did all this yourself. And you can see as Josh would tell me that uh, my buddy, Josh on the podcast, the wheels start turning. Like I can do this myself. And then he's had Tom green on later and been like, yeah, I, that's when I started thinking about doing it was going to your house, which is crazy. That's awesome. I did not know that. And Joe Rogan is like, he's like one of my favorite people as Justine knows. So once again, we're joined with comedian Kyle fields. Kyle's one of the hosts of the obtuse angle, obtuse angles podcast, which you can check out on Spotify or at their website, obtuse angles dot libsyn.com that's obtuse angles dot libsyn.com you can also find kyle on youtube uh it's youtube.com slash classy kyle you can also find uh kyle on instagram and twitter at funny man fields and he's on facebook facebook.com slash kyle fields comedy if you'd like to support kyle you know uh He's unemployed. He's got un- he's got awesome T-shirts for sale on his Instagram, uh, so you can hit him up on Instagram. Get you a cool ass T-shirt. Support somebody during these crazy times and uh, feel good about yourself, Kyle. Uh, you've got shows coming up um, in on December seventeenth at thirty forty Locust Street in St. Louis. Got one on New Year's Eve in Deer Grove, Illinois. And January 16th in Oregon, Illinois. That's exciting. So follow Kyle Fields uh, on social media if you want to stay, you know, keep keep up with him and uh, keep informed on what he's doing. And of course, he'll be back on the Chillinois podcast in the future. Kyle, I just wanted to thank you for coming back on to the Chillinois podcast and devoting so much time. I think, I think last time you may have set the well. I don't know if it was the Pop Brothers at Law or you, but. Uh, you definitely have set the record for the longest Chillinoid podcast this time around, and I hope that it provides many laughs for all of our folks because I had a good time this whole time. I didn't even realize we were two hours and 30 minutes in. I love it, man. Well, thank you. I've had a good time. I'll come back, and then we'll do a six-hour one. Hell yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll set the record again. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Sounds good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we could talk about the continent shifting. Probably a, do a good two and a half hours oh, on that, yeah. just the continents. Um, you know, Yeah, sure. We can do that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll break it down. We will get into the economy, and all that shit that we know all so much about, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, right? Absolutely. I want to remind you guys that this podcast happened not only because Kyle's a fucking awesome dude, but because you guys were like Kyle's. You guys remind you guys said that you gave us that feedback. You're like Kyle's awesome. We want him on again. He, he entertained us. We needed it. We were smoking, oh. laughing, having a good time. So, um, if you want to provide us feedback. Go to chillinois.net slash podcast. If you scroll down, there's a button that says Be Heard. If you click on that button, it'll take you to a page with all of our contact info. It's got our phone number. You can call us, leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the show if you want us to. You can text us. You can email us. Um, yeah, reach out. We love we love feedback. That's It ultimately um, drives what we do for this podcast. So. Kyle, thanks again for coming on air and uh, we'll definitely reach out to you here in the future. Absolutely, man. Can't wait to come back. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you. I had a blast, man. I always do. Actually, you know what? We always we always 
close out a podcast by taking a hit with our users. You got a bowl or anything that you got your? I do, man. I got my uh, my Cape Godberry cartridge right in front of me, man. Let's do it. Get some legal marijuana and close out this show. Cheers, folks. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I was. I was. He always hits it too hard. Thanks for saying what I was trying to say. I got you. It's good for you. <coughs> it means it's working. That's right. The old saying. It's like when the alcohol burns a wound. There you go. I think the the saying for weed that's similar to if you don't cough, you don't get off, right? There you go. That's exactly right. Same thing with sex. <laughs> Take it easy, Chillinoy. It's Kyle, uh, Justine, and Cole in the Chillinoy podcast. Bye.